Recording in progress. All right, we'll uh, call this special meeting of the Sausalito City Council to order. Uh, City Kurt, could you kindly call the roll? Counts, uh, Councilmember Blaustein. Here. Count. Okay, Councilmember Blaustein. Here. Uh, Councilmember Kalman. Here. Uh, Councilmember Hoffman. I'm here. Vice Mayor Cox. Here. And uh, Mayor Sobieski. Here. Uh, Councilmember Hoffman, you said you wished to make some announcements. Yes, this is a public service announcement. My Apparently, my Facebook account has been hacked. So if anybody here or outside gets a friend request, it's not for me. No. <laughs> We're, we are friends, but don't accept any new requests from me. Thank you. That's why I'm late. Sorry. Uh, good morning, everyone, to this special meeting. Uh, we'll begin with the Pledge of Allegiance and then followed by uh, city manager comments. And then we'll begin with the presentation. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. To set the stage, I'll introduce. To set the stage, I'll introduce the city manager, who, and then we will take public comment after uh, the city manager sets the stage, and then we will move on with the day. City manager Sabata. Thank you, thank you, Mayor. Uh, can everybody hear me? My mic is on. Thank you. Um, I'd like to begin by saying uh, that we live in an ever-changing world, and there's always uh, things that we have to. I'm, I'm, is it clear now? I'm talking as loud as I can. Better? Yeah. So I'll speak louder, Mayor. I was saying we live in an ever-changing environment, and uh, as such, we have to be an agile organization to adapt to those changes. And cities before us and cities after us will do what we call strategy, strategy talk, strategy sessions. The Sausalito City Council in 2020 adopted a document called the Sausalito Strategic Plan, which included mission, values, goals, vision, and strategies. It wasn't intended to be a static document. It was intended to be a document that was fluid. And so in that fluid environment, what happened in 21-22, uh, we had another strategy session in which um, there was much discussion about going back to the basics, and that would be finances, infrastructure, as well as our personnel. Last year, we had another strategic planning discussion about revenue, and that was really um, uh, quite the staff exercise. Wasn't a whole lot of uh, uh, room for the council to participate as much as they would like to. So this year, I believe it's time for the city council to participate uh, as you know normal, but given our financial issues and our need to reconvene our strategies after COVID, uh, the last two years were extremely necessary. So thank you for indulging uh, me and the staff in letting us lead uh, most of the conversations those days. Today is your day, uh, and it's gonna be led by uh, our facilitator, uh, Amy Howorth, who is from the Municipal Resources Group. Uh, she is a facilitator that has done work uh, for city councils in Napa and Larkspur and other places. And, and part of her, uh, her um, uh, qualifications include being an elected official for a while. Uh, one time mayor of the city of Manhattan Beach, uh, took a hiatus, now is the, the, on the city council of Manhattan Beach, but she is also uh, a facilitator that we have uh, looked forward to her guidance and she's gonna talk about how the day is gonna unfold and she's actually gonna be the one to conduct the meeting once the public comment sections are done and um, 
uh, some of the council conversations go will be under her leadership and she'll talk about those ground rules so so mayor i believe you wanted to give the public a chance to comment at this point thank you very much city manager if you're going to make public comment could you raise your hand we just want to sort out the timing so for public comments so let's do two minutes a person please for public comment and the floor is open uh do they do the, do the slips uh, city clerk or can we'll we start with Bobette mcdougall she gave me a slip so uh, for anybody that wants to provide public comment, uh, we'll make the process easier. Um, there's speaker slips over by the over at the table by the by the television. You can fill it out and then uh, give it back to us. Thank you. And our timer, uh, the, it's not working, but I have one right here. So we'll put the camera on this little timer right here. Whenever you're ready, Ms. McDougall. Is, is the microphone on? One moment. One moment, Ms. McDougall. We want to make sure your microphone is on. How does that sound? Uh, much better. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so the floor is yours. Please, can you restore two minutes to the clock, please, for Ms. McDougall? Thank you. Go so right Babette in. McDougall, Gerard Avenue, Sausalito. I'm here for two reasons this morning. First of all, I'd like to applaud this council for having the wisdom to put public comment at the start of the agenda. And I came just for that. And number two, within the context of today's agenda, I'd like to ask you to consider strongly whether you consider this as an opportunity, because I certainly do, to reinstate full citizen involvement in this council chamber alone. Start here. This is not the representative government that the citizens of Sausalito had in mind when they first framed the concept of a five-member body. However, if you would allow citizen engagement, a real debate, a real democracy, where we jointly debate and we can all put the timer on ourselves like we did back in the day prior to COVID, where we debate openly, exchange ideas, and reach consensus, which brings us to a resolution I think you're going to find you'll be pleasantly surprised. It's really not a threat. It's actually an opportunity. Thank you. And by the way, I grew up in Manhattan Beach. Thank you so much. I first want to applaud you for um, your vote for and the approval of the ferry landing uh, plan. I mean, after seven years, it, I'm just super excited. And I know there's a ton of people in this town who are excited. So thank you for making a decision. We have a path forward. I'm super excited about that. Um, also, I just want to say, like, I've to be honest, I've just started paying attention and looking under the hood a little. And and thank you so much for all the hard work you do. I mean, I know these these you spend countless hours up here and meeting, and um, I'm so appreciative. Um, I do want to say that it seems like we spend a really a lot of time from what I'm telling from what I'm seeing and I'm new on things that actually, you know, we're worried about our budget. We're worried about money, but you know, we spent seven years on that ferry landside plan and we had free money to do it, you know? And so when we spend a ton of time, I know it's your time, it's our time, it's staff time. So that's just a lot of time and, and wasted money, you know, for something that was pretty much like a parking lot redesign. It was a very small project for most towns. So I just wanna point that out. That's just, for me, it seems kind of interesting. Um, the second thing is I know the SCA rent thing is coming up. So I'm, I'm going to see that we're gonna spend a ton of time on that, you know, and the money that they would, I mean, I know they signed an agreement and maybe they shouldn't have, um, 
but they're probably, we're probably going to spend a ton, ton of time on that. And what does that contribute? Probably less than 1% to the budget. So we're going to waste all this time. Just fix it, you know, give them, make them pay a thousand dollars more and then have another plan for the future. They're an adolescent, they're growing. You don't starve a teenager, you know, um, there's, there's a way to fix it. And let's just not, let's just stop getting in our own way and spending tons of time on the things that don't matter. Focus on the pensions, the infrastructure. Those are the big pockets of money that we should be focusing our time and energy on, in my opinion. Thank you so much. All right, here in Culligan. Hi there, good morning. Good to see you again, hasn't been long. Um, I'm here because I'm just really excited about what you all can work on today. I was inspired by Tuesday and seeing the fairy land side, which is you reread through that strategic goal was the second item on the plan, right? You made huge progress against it. And I don't want to dwell on the things that we haven't gotten to. I want to dwell on the things that you have accomplished and how we can do more of that. Um, and I think a big part of it is like, how do we really think about the benefits in addition to just thinking about the costs and the downsides, right? Like if the budget is such a big deal, why do we have donuts today? Well, I'll tell you why we have donuts today, because the cost of that is very minor compared to all the benefits we get of creating community, of breaking bread together. And, you know, it sounds silly, but like it extends to so many elements of what we could be doing here in Sausalito. Uh, we have a Marin ship that we know we haven't been investing in and could be doing so much. The blue economy can even extend beyond the Marin ship and could be a huge economic generator. Our downtown is dilapidated. We made a step towards improving that on Tuesday, but there's way more that can be done there. And all three of those things can have a huge boost to the financial, economic vitality of the town and the enjoyment of the residents and everyone else. So let's see that sort of optimism. It means that we can't dwell as long on all of these projects. Like we need to get to more things. You know, uh, love Director McGowan, right? He hasn't been able, him and his staff have been so consumed. They haven't been able to seek more grant monies to improve our 1960s, 1970s infrastructure. So uh, let's let's empower those that we need to empower. Let's get more done. And I'm excited to see all of, to work with all of you to do that. Thanks. Vicki Nichols. Good morning, Mayor Sobieski and Council. Um, I would like to just briefly speak about my confusion about what happened the other night with the first reading of that ordinance and vehemently um, oppose the city uh, properties being uh, taken out of Planning Commission review. I think you just heard from another constituent that there's a movement about the uh, SCA building that has never been inventoried. Uh, we know that there's possibly some significance, and we're being told in these emails about them doing maintenance and remodeling. So I want to bring that up and uh, just stress that uh, on a higher level without some of these tools that we have available to us for historic preservation, um, the council's either interested in it or they're not, but there hasn't been any funding uh, generated or any interest. So I'm going to be back up here when you talk about your priorities. So I'd like to understand um, about what that ordinance did and uh, if that's included, how to come and talk to the council and bring other constituents back to let you know their opinion. Thank you. All right, anybody else in the house? All right, so we'll go on to Zoom, Scott Thornburg. 
All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I don't know if you can see me. I can't see you, but um, but hello and good morning. Um, I just wanted to say uh, thank you so much again for um, for all of your your dedication and listening to the community. Um, I thought Tuesday night's council meeting was exceptional. Um, I had so many neighbors that were there that you know it was the first time they've ever come to a city council meeting, and I love that we're able to bring community together around key issues. Um, so so thank you for your hard work that night. Um, as you go into the day today, there are a couple of things that are top of mind for me. Um, uh, we've had on the agenda a couple of times now trying to get our EDAC new members appointed. Um, I know that's coming. Um, so thank you uh, for uh, keeping uh, keeping that on the agenda. Hopefully we can get that resolved soon. We have some uh, very interested uh, volunteers that are, want to contribute to the city. And so this is a great way for them to do that. So I hope we'll be able to get that done um, soon. Uh, we are also, as a committee, looking to um, uh, prioritize our work and our agendas based on yours. Um, and so uh, as an outcome of today, uh, I'm hoping to get some direction that we can take back to that group. Um, some things that are top of mind for us that we've been been working on, um, and we, we hope that uh, will also be on your discussion uh, today, are things like Blue Economy and the Business Improvement District. Um, also, um, the business development downtown. Um, I mentioned this uh, earlier in the week. I do believe that the ferry landing and the P-bid uh, will contribute toward help, helping us to fill some of those vacancies. Um, I think the city may also want to consider hiring a consultant, uh, someone that can partner with um, Brandon Phipps uh, and the CDD team to help fill those vacancies. They've made a lot of progress this year. Volunteers like Monica Fennigan in particular, uh, who doesn't like praise, but um, giving it to her anyways, have made a lot of progress. So would encourage you to consider that uh, as a part of your agenda today of how do we fill those spaces downtown? Thank you. All right, next speaker on Zoom, Adrian Brinton. Good morning, and uh, thanks for taking my comment. Um, like the other speakers, just wanted to say thank you for all of your work. I see how much work goes into running this city and definitely appreciate how much time um, and dedication you all spend uh, down here on a Saturday morning at 830. Um, didn't realize the donuts were there. I might have uh, walked down to join you in person, but maybe next time. Um, I did want to comment on the future agenda items. I saw that the parking, uh, employee parking was a future agenda item, and I just encourage you to really expand on that in the parking um you know parking such an important source of revenue it's something that you know funds the general fund there's a lot of opportunity uh in parking to redo the technology to bring in more optimization restripe the parking lots um you know we put the uh investment in the city into hiring wayne to manage the the parking you know let's support him and really kind of build out our parking we talk about it so much um you know we really uh, need to kind of fix it uh, we support the businesses, we support the city finances. So, yeah, I would love to see that kind of fleshed out a little bit more in the uh, priorities for the city. Thank you. And then there is no no further public comment. Great. So we'll close public comment. The next opportunity for public comment will be, uh, according to our agenda, at the end of the day. Uh, we are going till 1230, uh, but we will end and Ms. Hilworth maybe will tell us exactly about when that will be, but I would like now to introduce her, uh, the city council member from Manhattan Beach uh, and former resident of these parts, uh, Ms. Amy Howarth. Welcome to Sausalito.
Um, and then, can you hear me? All right. Excellent. Well, hello. Good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning to the public. Um, I'm really happy to be here. And I'm excited to see so many members of the public. That's pretty extraordinary and not a surprise because I spoke to all of your council members before today and they talked with pride about the level of community engagement in Sausalito and the history of that. So uh, it's not a surprise. So I just, I want to give especially for the members of the public, just a quick intro into who I am and how I prepared for today and what I think might happen today. Um, as they said, Amy Howarth, um, I live in Manhattan Beach. I've been elected five times now in Manhattan Beach. So I served two terms or eight years on our school board, then eight years on our city council. We have mandatory term limits at city council. You have to sit out after your second term and I ran again. And so now it's about my 18th year of public service. So um, I, it's, it was lovely for you to thank them all for what they do because trust me, they work really hard. I can tell you that. And so how I prepared for today is I uh, worked extensively with the city manager um, and I had conversations with each council member to kind of, find out what they value, what they want to prioritize, what they wanted for today. And I, I don't really need to tell you this, but um, you have an extraordinary city council that I think really reflects a community. I mean, Sausalito is a place, I, I don't know how many of you grew up here, um, but it attracts people who want to, who can and want to live in a place like this. And it is, they reflect, I think, their, their community very well. I also want to say I was very appreciative of the donuts uh, and, you know, sugar helps me a lot. I also, when, when you guys were doing roll call, it was really hard for me because I was listening for my name because, right, I was going, you know, present didn't happen because I'm not on this council. So I will do my best to ask you guys the questions. This is your, your community, your meeting. Uh, I'm not here to tell you what I think you should do uh, with the Caledonia business parking plan or anything. This is about what you guys want to do. All right. So, um, you know, I, you have a lot of supporting documents and there's more that you know. Um, but what I think the primary purpose of today is for the council members to discuss the items of priority for you and to discuss back and forth. I, I have devised a process which could work, may not. And guess what? I'm really flexible and you guys are really smart. So we're gonna, we're gonna go on this journey together to try to come up with something that will enable your staff to know where to focus, to focus their resources, which includes their time, right? Because what I like to say for a council member is, yeah, it's tons of fun to sit at the dais. But what you really care about is what you get done for your community. And it is hard to get things done when you keep coming up with new ideas, right? Or you keep, oh, let's do this this way. Let's, you know what? We're going to focus. You guys are the what. What, what can we do? What do we want to do? And we're going to try to narrow that focus a little, which can be painful. Nobody wants to say they love this child better than that child, okay? We're not going to cast out any children. We're going to keep them on the list. Okay. Unless everybody says, why is that on there? But we want to kind of 
narrow it down a lot. So we are going to start. Um, we're going to talk about what has worked, what went well last year. A short exercise on this is we're not breaking into small groups yet. We're not doing any kind of stuff like that. I'm not doing an icebreaker. We're not passing around an orange or whatever else people do. Decorate cupcakes, I heard at one place. Um, but we're going to start in that so that you, you can see what has gone well. And it seems like the ferry landing decision the other night is something that, that might have gone well, but I'll let you guys decide. We are going to talk a little bit about um, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats, or SWAT. But again, just to give a snapshot in time, that's not some document that we're going to adhere to, but we want to we want to make sure that people are thinking about, you know, things are probably different than they were a year ago. And I, I laugh because I did one of these in February of 2020, which was a month before the world shut down. So nobody had on their bingo or SWAT card pandemic, right? So that's something else that will come up, uh, you know, really quickly. So, so my objective is to try to help you guys narrow down. Now, keep in mind, you have not looked, or not not looked, but you haven't worked on your budget. You haven't had, I assume you're going to have a budget workshop or two. That's also going to impact everything. So you want to be able to align whatever you come out with, with the budget. So some things may fall out there too, right? And But, but the goal is to start the work today um, at a future council meeting and approve sort of this idea, adopt the budget, right? And that's what's going to drive it. Um, we mentioned strategic plan. I like to call this, we're not doing a strategic plan today. I mean, that's hours and hours and weeks and months of really, really, you know, broad thinking and vision, visioning. And you don't have to call it this, but I call it a work plan. I want to know what you guys are going to have staff focus on. And staff wants to know that. Now it can be sort of broad, right? But Ironically, my council is doing our meeting on Tuesday night, so this is good practice for me. Um, but we, you know, you want to focus on what can, what are they going to do, so that if you do want to add something in a month or two, you understand. Well, if we do that, then they can't do this. So it's a little less high level than a strategic plan, but we will talk about the strategic plan in all of that. Any questions? That's okay. That's a good, yes. One thing we don't get to do at our council meetings is really give our perspective as council members generally as to why we're here. And so why? I wanted to offer up to my colleagues that maybe we could each put the clock on two minutes, time ourselves, and share with the community why we're here. I love and, that. And what our perspective really is, because I think there's a, um, you know, Sean, I take your comments so well around, uh, you know, you guys, why are you spending time on these other things? And I think it would be good for us to share kind of our perspective and maybe it'll help us all reach a better conclusion today if that works. I you. appreciate that suggestion. I want to give a few ground rules, but if, if, if anybody's really opposed to that, let me know. If, I, I, if we time it to two minutes each, which does go in, <laughs> what's that? We can do that. Yes, two minutes. We we can. 
Well, okay, so which that leads into my main point about ground rules. I uh, humbly ask the mayor um, if to if you well, I ask all of you, are you if you're comfortable when if we're having a discussion and it's going on, I mean, it's a good discussion, but if it's going on and we can't, I would like to say, I think we need to wrap up. We can create a parking lot of issues um, to let me facilitate. Um, do people, I mean, that's why I came down and- I think you have consensus on that. Okay, point. well, how about, I'll, Mayor, do I have consensus? You do for me. Vice yes. Mayor. Absolutely. Councilmember Blaustein? Yes. Yes, please. Councilmember Kelman and Councilmember Hoffman? All right. Yes. So my other ground rule, um, and I was going to mention Ted Lasso, um, but he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, Jason. Okay, all right. I didn't. Okay, all right. So there, I mentioned him. Anyway, one of my favorite episodes is when he talks about being curious, not judgmental. And so I ask everybody to, you know, your council colleague may have said something incredibly stupid. You guys would never say anything stupid, but they may have said something that you just really disagree with. Let's try. We're not going to react to what everybody says. This is a brainstorming, an open session. This is okay. So everybody be curious. Okay. So why don't we do that, Councilmember Kelman? Why don't we, and who's running the timer? Do I? Okay, good. I don't have to. Phew. Okay. So why don't we start? So this is your why. Why are you on council? Not why did you run? I mean, I kind of, I kind of understand that, but why are you here? So we'll start with the mayor and go around that way. How's that? Uh, thank you very much. Personally, I don't feel like I have any of the answers and never have. Uh, I just have my life experience, which is uh, all of our lives experiences are unique. And uh, and I initially, as a member, as a resident, uh, looked uh, in, got involved in the Economic Development Advisory Committee and to my surprise, thought discovered that some of my perspective seemed to be helpful. And so my idea for running for city council and being here was to add my life experience and perspective to the mix of five, four other uh, people and uh, hope that and trust that the outcome from that mixture would be better. Uh, so that was my personal motivation. Okay. And then at a high level for, uh, since I still have a minute left, yeah. at a high level for uh, the city, uh, I'm really motivated by uh, not leaving opportunities uh, to spoil. I, I hate seeing food waste on the table. I hate seeing lose-lose outcomes. Uh, I often think in my life experience, because I work with uh, startups and um, multiple parties that often have to negotiate deals, I'm often confronted with a situation where there's situations seem to be at loggerheads and there's no uh, path forward. And my life experiences, there, there often is a path forward. And over and over again, I found that uh, by sifting, by engaging, by staying open-minded, by being curious and not judgmental, by keeping goodwill, uh, one can find a path forward that makes uh, more people feel satisfied, if not entirely happy, and that, that you have fewer lose-lose outcomes. So those drive me crazy, and win-wins make me happy. Okay, so you're, you're here to win. Okay. Uh, I'm here because I love Sausalito. I moved here in 1985, and I am passionate about maintaining the things that are great about Sausalito and fixing the things that are not great about Sausalito. I am a municipal lawyer that advises cities and counties and special districts throughout California, and so I feel privileged to bring to four here 
some of the things I learn in my job. I'm also a mediator who uh, assists um, parties who are on polar opposites from one another find common ground, and I welcome the opportunity to try to do that here in Sausalito. One of our greatest assets is our community residential involvement. One of our greatest challenges um, and assets is the diversity of opinion amongst our residents mm -hmm. and our businesses. And so to uh, welcome, as you said, um, be curious, not judgmental, is really an ideal opportunity for us to um, take advantage of the talent that is available to us. Yeah. And so I am privileged to um, participate in that. Thank you. It's a great point about there's a lot of engagement and, you know, but maybe even the public, well, obviously it doesn't always agree, right? So that's, that's, it's challenge. Appreciate that. Councilmember Laustein, former you. mayor. This is a great idea, Councilmember Kelman. So thank you for this. Uh, I'm here because I really believe in the power of our community and the power of local government. I think a lot of us share a feeling that what's happening nationally and internationally is rather scary. And I've seen through my work in the community and being able to serve all of you and work alongside such an excellent council of really incredibly talented individuals and get to know our amazing residents, what is possible with engagement and when people show up. And I think our meeting on Tuesday is a great example of that and how much all of you can show up and change sentiment and move tides. And I'm really inspired by that every day and being a part of such an incredible community that can show up and make change. I think that at the local level, you can determine what your streets look like, how your schools are run, where you walk every day, where your dollars are directly spent, uh, how your city hall looks and works and what kind of culture you want to have. And it's a unique opportunity to do that. And I think local government is where it all happens. So I'm really honored to be able to be here and work alongside all of you. And at a higher level, as Ian said, I'm very aware of some of the biggest challenges of the next few generations that we all face, whether that's climate change, economic insecurity, uh, disaster preparedness, financial stability for our community, transparency. So I'm hopeful that we'll be able to work together on all of those issues because I know we all love Sausalito very much. Thank you. Councilmember Kalman. Thanks, everybody. Um, hi, everyone. Good morning. Uh, so last night I had the opportunity, thanks to Abbott, to do a climate talk in the, in the library. 80 people showed up to share this. And uh, I'll, I'll say what I think everyone feels. I have a deep, deep love for Sausalito. I mean, I call this my campus. I just absolutely love this community and this, this uh, actual environment of where we are. Uh, I've lived here since 2001. Um, when I first moved to town, I was a young land use attorney, and I randomly joined this thing called the Planning Commission. I really had no idea what it was, to be honest. Um, and I ended up serving 10 years. And the reason I ran for city council was because I got involved with the general plan update. And we had no long-term planning around sustainability, around climate change, around resilience. Everything we were doing was in a silo. And I had seen that through my 10 years on the planning commission. We weren't talking to one another. Um, and I couldn't believe we didn't have this opportunity to really plan for, for ourselves in a long-term fashion um, that took into account climate change. And so um, I realized as I dug in, as I was running for council, that Sausalito was a duck. Um, we looked great on top. Man, we were working so hard underwater. Uh, we have $18 million worth of deferred sewer maintenance. We have done very little work on our MLK properties. We have pension obligations. I'm looking at chat. We have long-term debt on our, on our COPs. We have general obligation bonds that our residents pay. We have a lot of costs that we have not accounted for. 
And so when I think about it, and I told people this last night, the reason I voted for the ferry on Tuesday was because thanks to the hard work of all the volunteers, that became not just a beautification project, but a resilience project. And that's what I think we need. And that's the lens I want to bring to today, because I think that makes us as a community able to last into the lifetime. So um, lifelong team sport athlete. I love consensus. I love hearing other people and trying to find that middle ground. Last thing I'll say is everybody here has now been the mayor of Sausalito. Um, so congrats to us, but it's a unique perspective. Great. Thank you. Wow. Boom. She had practice. No. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, she suggested it, so I'm assuming that she was. Yeah, prepared. no, exactly. Hundred percent. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> just saying. So, um, so my why. So my why is always is pretty simple. My why is I look at everything that comes before the city council through the lens of what's best for the entire community. I think that's what mm -hmm. our job is here up in the city council. We all have special groups or special projects that we like to um, assist, but. My lens is, does that warrant elevation up to the city council level? Does that warrant the very expensive time of council time, the very expensive time of staff time to work on that project? And so that's constantly the lens that I look through. And that's always my evaluation on staff time and priority and whether or not we're going to spend money on that, the people's money on that, right? Because we're not spending the government's money. We're spending tax dollars that people in Sausalito pay. We're spending sales tax. We're spending business license tax money. So you better have a very good reason, I think, if you want to put something on the agenda, that that's something that is going to assist everybody in Sausalito. I don't think we've been as disciplined about that in the past couple of years as we should have been. Um, we need to set priorities. Something, If something doesn't meet that objective priority criteria, then it might be a great project for a community group to work on, such as Sausalito Beautiful or some other group, but does that warrant our very expensive staff time? Does that warrant our very expensive city council time? So that's that's mainly my, and that's why I tell everybody who wants to meet with me, it's not always what they want to hear because they're meeting with me because they have a special project they want approved. But that's the lens that I look at. Um, and I think we need to strictly adhere to that. And that's our responsibility as a city council as well as um, adhering strictly to whatever rules um, that we're subject to under the ethical rules and the Brown Act rules. That's our, that's our contract with the community. That's why we took our oath to comply with the constitution of California and also the rules that are set down um, for this governing body. So that, that's my North Star that I always look at. It's not always popular, but that's, um, I believe that's why we're here. Great, thank you. Look at your, you were prepared. Come on, she told you. No, that was great. That was great. And I, you know, it struck me that, and something that I was going to talk about a little later, but, and and you all mentioned the opportunity and also the challenge of the public engagement. And, you know, and, and the fact is, you guys have a role, and not just you in the room, all of you, you know, all of you, you have to advocate for your project, right? You have, it is your right and duty to, to advocate. Advocate looks, advocation looks different than governance. And that's where it can be really challenging for all of you up there. Um, it, you know, when you, because it's like, I know that if 10 people come to our meeting talking about a new dog park, some of my colleagues will feel, oh, well, everybody wants this. We got to, this is really important. We got to do this now. It may, it, and it may be important. I love what you said. It could be really important or a really great project, but maybe it doesn't fit into everything else. Governing what you guys do is, is challenging. Right, because and it may even appeal to something that you care about deeply. Um, but 
that's the challenge. So that's kind of exactly how I want us to think about it today. And I have to laugh because I brought my, my little magnifying glass because I, and I have a slide you're going to see that says, what's your lens? A couple of you said it. That's awesome. All right. So we talked about the ground rules. Let's go into, and, and oh, the agenda, again, it's, it's, I don't want to say loose because we will stick to a lot of things, but I want to, we're going to talk about the wins. We're going to talk about the strengths, the weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I have planned a break, but it also depends on all of you. If you guys are exhausted in five minutes, stand up, take, I know, I know you guys are troopers, but let's, let's, let's be flexible on that. And if you have to run out, run out. Um, but then I do want to do a, a review of the strategic plan goals, just to see if there's anything on there that really doesn't ring true for, for the council. And when I was looking at the goals, well, I'll talk about it then. And then we have to talk about your future agenda items that I've been, uh, I've been spending some time with, but also through those two agenda items, if you will, is that there's a lot of time. That's the time to have these discussions right? Maybe it's not about per se a goal that's already on there, but maybe it's how you envision it now. So that I want, the most important thing is for you guys to have dialogue. Again, that's, and if, if it changes, if you want to change a goal, if you want to change, if you want to take something off future agenda or elevate it, that's what we're here to do. And nothing is set in stone. And then again, public comments, and then I'll wrap it up. So with that, with that, why don't we do what you guys think were the wins? Ms. Hepworth, um, sorry, yeah. just a question for you. Since the, you laid out our agenda, just for the benefit of people that might be watching and in the audience, when about do you anticipate future public comments in your in terms of the time? There Probably around 1210, because like we have a hard stop for some at 1230. Yeah. Um, so I, I want that to be at the end. I, I plan 15 minutes for that. Um, just so that way people have some idea. I appreciate that. Again, if they wanted to make public comment or leave the room and come back yeah. for public comment. No, I appreciate that. And I'm going to go get a marker and I'm going to attempt to write on this because I want to talk about our wins. So let's do that. Um, all right. I'm going to do this. So why don't we go around and we'll We last year uh, settled our labor agreements with our police union and with our SEIU union, and we had a balanced budget. I have like 20 wins, but yes. okay. So we were the first city, we'll go around. Yeah. No, they're all. We were the first city in Marin to pat, and the only city in Marin to timely adopt a housing element. We had a clean audit. <laughs> uh, we hired 
a city attorney, and we retained an excellent city manager. I got to say, guys, a million dollars so we can hire a resilience uh, manager and do a sea level rise vulnerability assessment. Uh, and then I'm going to make this into one. Um, Kevin, Brandon, Kathy, Chad, Chris. Katie. Katie. Is that all you're talking about? Did I miss anybody? I said Kevin. I said Kathy. Okay. Abbott. Yeah. Abby, geez, sorry, Abby's right there. Sorry, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Okay, right here. Oh, I'm sorry. We're doing Wayne Stricker cashier. Or... Yeah. Just the cashier, but if you want to, if you need to over, I don't. Okay. Give a couple. Well, a lot of them. A lot of them. Is your mic on? Yeah, I would agree. I think I, I think from from the standpoint of uh, the health of whatever our efforts, um, I would agree that the passing our housing element, certifying our housing element, that was a huge, huge team effort, and we got it across the line. You know, so that was probably um, the biggest win of this year. There were, yeah. Okay. I think we should give the vice mayor the chance to read off the rest of our list and just keep going around until the, and forth. let's go around. All right. Well, I'm going to do one of Ian's, which was we negotiated an interest bearing account at bank of Marin. So instead of our money, just sitting there, we now earn 4%. Okay. It depends blended at four and a half, but some accounts are at five. It's a, it's a, it's a laddered bond portfolio and, a, and an interest-bearing account. So, And that was Ian's accomplishment. And the city manager. I know. Uh, we appointed a new police chief and promoted a bunch of staff, and we literally are having a renaissance at our police department. Mm -hmm. Okay. That too. Uh, we passed and then started approving, uh, receiving funds for Measure L, which was a big win fiscally for the city. Um, it's, sales tax or it's a sales tax increase. $24 million over eight years for infrastructure. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, we ho hosted our Toast to Sausalito event that our whole community really loved. We had our first ever Sausalito Pride celebration and painted the crosswalks. It's first ever Sausalito Pride. And we also, I think as a council, uh, agreed we need to do a deep dive on the value of our city-owned property and our leases and try to uh, start to establish, uh, using Cushman Wakefield, a better process for understanding our vacancies and what the market rate is. Uh, just property management would probably be more succinct. We contributed a million dollars to our pension debt at the end of last year. We removed the Vidura. 
which had been littering our waterfront for over 20 years. It's a huge 98-ton concrete boat from our waterfront. We, we launched our first ever citywide DEI program with the help of Kathy Nikitas, which was great. Um, and what do I have on here? Um, and we uh, successfully approved an RFP for smart cities energy updates in our community. Our eelgrass is back and thriving, which means our eelgrass, which means our herring are running, which is a big part of our community and who we are and our identity. Um, I think we also, as a city council, all got on the same page about our long-term debt and uh, the disarray of our finances in the past. And thanks to Chad, we had a clean audit. Yeah, and just just emphasize that we have a new finance entire department. There's no no one. It's all new with a new director of finance who's uh, we use the word crackerjack. So it's crackerjack. Uh, and in terms of qual quality of life, uh, jazz by the bay used to end on the Friday before Labor Day, and now it goes well into September. We took the first steps toward adoption of a bid for our downtown. Um, and we, uh, hand in hand with that, are collaborating much more closely with our Chamber of Commerce and our business community. With the Chamber and with the business community, yes. We hosted our first Sausalito Marin City Wellness Day, and we made use of our Parks and Recs facilities free of charge for Marin City nonprofits. We, I think, uh, finally, with the community, understood the dilapidated status of our roads and uh, publicly aired that in collaboration with the community to help us identify um, where that should sit in our capital improvement program. And uh, it hasn't happened yet, but it is pending. Um, we fully understand the need for a risk manager and are in process of hiring that person. No. Correct. Okay. Yes. So. Can, can Jill go? Oh, sorry. Yeah. She. Yeah. So I'm getting uncomfortable up here because a lot of these wins from this year are things that have been years in the making, and so, uh, you know, I I don't I'm not going to respond to these things that are claimed as wins because many of them are, but, I mean. You know, it was great that the Verdura was pulled this year, but that was 10 years worth of really hard work and work with the owner of the boat and work with our, you know, our police department, our waterfront and legal to pull it. So, you know, anyway, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, anyway, negatively engage, but crying victory for some of these things for this past year on some of these things is, you know, anyway, sorry. You called on me. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I think that my intention is not that I'm giving you guys uh, credit for everything. And I don't know that you guys are taking credit for everything. But this is just 
whether it's five years ago, ten years, years ago, or six months ago, happened, and it's, it's good, right? And it's positive direction, it's positive stuff. I would also say that a lot of the stuff on this list is not something that was a council special project. I mean, negotiating or successfully negotiating your labor contract, that's the work that a city has to do, right? And that's and, and, and hiring a, a finance director, a new finance team, that's all stuff that your city manager does, um, but it's still seen as a win, I think, for the community. So that's my intention, and it's, um, because it's important, right? Because sometimes we, and I say we, I'll do this, because I sit in a place like this, we think it's all about us, right? We have political pressure, we know what we want to get done, we know what our residents want to get done, and it's staff kind of job to say either how to get that done, or hey, did you forget we have a health enrollment, we just set the country list, so, right? So trying to balance those things, this, this is helpful for that. So are we getting towards the, uh, okay? So we recovered a bunch of money that we had spent and that we were seeking recovery of. We actually did recover a bunch of that this year. And we also got a bunch of grant funding in addition to the sea level rise million dollar grant. Okay. All right. Okay. Anything else from anybody else or back to right there? I, I, I think we've I think we've covered the waterfront. Okay, so I'm gonna Three markers and make it look beautiful. So hopefully, you can read my writing. Um, we're just going to put some of this up here. And then all of you, um, I'm sorry. I believe you were all kind of in. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Tree Manager. Whoa. I, I don't, uh, but I want to amplify um, the uh, service to the community, uh, all the community that staff does. And so the stabilization of staff through labor contracts, through hirings, all of those things are what really, really, in my mind, is the biggest win that uh, uh, I would suggest happened last year. Incredibly important. So, this is just up here. I'm not really going to refer to it, but I want you guys to see it again. All right, so all of you also knew that there was going to be a SWAT analysis, right? So, does anybody out there not know what a SWAT analysis is? Okay, SWAT. You want to stick it on the wall, maybe there? Yeah, sure. Up there, so everyone can see it? You can't see it. I'll help you out. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Okay. So SWAT stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. Understand that strengths and weaknesses are sort of internal, right? So things like if you have a balanced budget, that's a strength because it's internal. Um, opportunities are things external, you know, um, and threats too, whether it's right and sea level, et cetera. So again, um, people can spend hours on this. But I, I want us to go around because, again, it's a snapshot in time. And it's important to do that because, like I said, nobody would have thought pandemic was not on people's bingo cards. So let's see if I can do this. 
going to be long, but it's good. It's going to be long, but it's good. I get it. Do you want, if we, because I imagine we probably have many of the same ones. How do you want us to indicate same or just say it again? I think it's important okay. that we acknowledge that five people thought this was true. Okay, I'm great. I'm not going to sit down and say great. so that we, so, okay, and, and we're going to keep these, you know, um, one or two work, you know, two work, you know, yeah. Okay. So I only added ones. I, mine's not comprehensive in that I was adding to the previous list. So I'm not sure exactly how that'll work. Cause I, I, I would, I would validate other people's if we go around, if we go around Robin, but I was going to add, uh, uh, so in strengths, we have an extremely well-educated community. Uh, you said strengths, right? Oh, you're talking about internal. I'm sorry. Internal only, not external. Is that? I'm sorry. Okay. So strengths slash resources is the way I was thinking of it, and unique maritime access and possibilities. Uh, intrinsic uh, tourist appeal and consequent tax and fee revenue base. Or maybe potential. Intrinsic tourist appeal and consequent tax and revenue base. High property values and consequent tax base. Experienced city manager. Huge hidden asset value owned by the city with emphasis on huge. Huge. Uh, I already said extremely well-educated community. Uh, and are we doing threats also in all, the whole jam? Am I reading my whole list? Okay. Threats, aging, threats, uh, aging infrastructure, very aging, maybe emphasis on the very. Uh, natural disasters, so earthquake, fire, and flooding. And then the biggest threat to everything, including ourselves, is time. Our weaknesses are that as a... We, we intrinsically have poor scale, meaning numbers of people versus fixed costs. 7,000 people is the size of Sausalito. And yet we have a police chief, a city manager across those 7,000. So we have intrinsic, in the finance world, you call that intrinsically poor scale for all our services. Uh, many absentee property owners, both commercially and residentially. These are weaknesses again. Mistrust. And 
fear of making mistakes as a weakness. I would say vivid fear of making mistakes. Uh, and then let's see, I think that was my list. I, oh, we, we have enormous revenue uh, potential as an opportunity. So I did include the ones that were in our strategic plan that I thought were still valid. Okay, so resident engagement. Yeah. Staff management team. Financial management. Tourism and revenue diversity, which the mayor mentioned. I think it's the revenue diversity is a strength. So, and he mentioned some of the aspects of that, our property tax, our, but tourism is really an aspect of that revenue diversity that other cities do not enjoy. Council talent. All right, I'm, uh, on, next on my list I have weaknesses. <clears throat> this is, will not be popular. A weakness is council cohesion and council relationship with staff. Emergency management? Yes. I like readiness better than management, actually. Um, insurance. I agree with the mayor on absentee property owners. Um, can I ask a question about that? Yeah. Yes. No. No. But, but, but there are actually those in this room who um, host Airbnb, even though we don't allow it. Okay. So, not at this table. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, commercial property, absentee commercial landlords also is a big problem, both in the industrial and commercial sector. A weakness is a single primary corridor, and that really relates to our emergency challenges. Um, yes. Our hillsides and our uh, wildfire um, management. Infrastructure needs. Our school system. We have influence, but we have no oversight. It's a weakness. I have it as an opportunity. I have it as a threat. Yeah. And then uh, DEI. So I think we've made great strides, but I still consider it to be a weakness. And when you say that we made within the city staff, within... I mean within the community and our neighboring communities.
opportunities. Climate change, sea level rise. And that I have as a threat as well. So I, it's, there's a lot of overlap, I think. The marine ship blue economy, and I give full credit to Janelle on that. Undergrounding. Alternative service delivery. So the mayor made reference to this, but we have an opportunity for collaboration or uh, consolidation, for example, with our sewer collection system. No, it's, it's Saucedo Marin City Sanitary District. It's in our strategic plan already to work on consolidation. Um, opportunities, new infrastructure resources. Yes. So new infrastructure, is that funding? Resources. Well, for example, we can now line pipes instead of replacing them. We can, um, you know, run a bunch of things through one system rather than have five things on top, stacked on top of one another. Economic development. Relationship with Marin County and surrounding regional authorities. Yeah. Babette will like this one. Transportation. Risk management, of course, that relates to our insurance threat. Yeah. Um, the mayor mentioned this, but I have it as capitalize on real estate portfolio and evolving population. Well, we have a lot of younger um, residents and families moving into town, and so there's an opportunity to capitalize on that, in my view. Population, I said, but yeah. Okay. All right, and then threats, you know, a lot of the opportunities or weaknesses and threats all overlap, but I'm just going to go through them. So climate change, sea level rise, our hillsides and our wildfire challenges, escalating pension obligations, um, inherited financial obligations, State housing requirements. Competing visions for the Marin ship. And is that among the council or the community? The community. And I don't know about council, but perhaps. Uh, the school system and family impacts. Decline of tourism. So you know that was a that was a, a COVID impact that we're still recovering from. Um, hand in hand with that are San Francisco's struggles. So, yeah, that really adversely impacts us. Increase in homelessness. And is that increase? <coughs> 
thanks to yes so throughout throughout california and you know i think a win unfortunately that didn't happen last year was that sausalito is the first community in california to compassionately close a homeless encampment and that was a huge win for mayors hoffman and kelman um and obviously the rest of the council but um yeah Uh, lack of diversity, speed and advancement of technology, insurance, and then I had emergencies and disasters. And I apologize that that was so long, but it, it was really uh, a takeoff on what was in our strategic plan, kind of. It was great. Don't apologize. Yeah, I Well, I feel badly for the other three council members who, you know, have to follow that. So, if I was them, I would be squirming. I'd be like, I had that one. We're, we're going to have some of the same ones. Yes, absolutely. I hope we do. Okay. So I, there will be a lot of overlap, which I think is a good sign. So strengths, I have staff. We have an amazing team at City Hall. Uh, fiscal stability, cat tip to Chad. Um, measure L dollars. Measure L. Uh, community engagement. Work-life balance for staff. Improved relationship with the business community. Um, our generally our location that we're a beautiful, well-known community on the waterfront. That's an international destination. Um, strong partnership with the county and our county supervisor. Um, our housing element and general plan. Um, our low emissions action plan and and the work that's been okay. You can put it, we call it the leap. We call it the leap. Um, and generally the commitment to climate change mitigation within our community, which includes the sea level rise group that mayors Hoffman and Kelman were responsible for running and had a lot of great recommendations. Um, also includes the landslide task force recommendations that mayor, then mayor Hoffman was responsible for pulling together um, and the sustainability commission and blue economy group see futures, um, the new labor agreements that helped put us in a strong position for the next three years, a very bright and whoops, sorry. Sorry, I just thought most of them were already on your list, so that's why I thought you could just start. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, very bright, engaged city council. Uh, real estate value. Uh -huh. um, police chief and police department generally the renaissance of our police department. Yeah, renaissance is a great word. Um, I think that's all I had on the, the, and most of them have already been mentioned. Um, weaknesses. I also have aging infrastructure, um, litigation and lawsuits against the city, insurance loss, 
insurance generally, um, mudslides and our hillsides, um, increasing issues with the waterfront and the unhoused, um, sea level rise. Our grant consultant, uh, I think that's also opportunity, but we haven't hasn't been as, as fruitful as we would like. Well, there's more there's more we can be doing around grants and getting more getting more money. Yeah. Just grants, just grants generally. We can be getting more money. Yeah, nothing on the person. Just generally we can be getting more money. Uh emergency management. It's a weakness. It's also an opportunity. There's overlap on both of them. Um, emergency management, emergency d disaster preparedness, um, DEI and council cohesion are also on the weaknesses list for me. Um, and then opportunities. I also think there's a lot of overlap here. Sea level rise and climate change mitigation. Uh, smart cities, testing and incubating for new climate programs, see futures incubator for blue economy, smart cities incubator for new tech, Marin city relationship rebuilding, DEI, center for the arts, uh, a new downtown with a focus on our residents. Uh, mm -hmm. 10-year planning for our finances. Uh-huh. A review of our CIPs. Um, I think it's like evolving population, but I wrote down next generation of impact. Um, also, business relationship is an opportunity as well as a strength, because I think we have more we can do there. And I would include the BID on that. Uh, DEI focus, the Dorothy Gibson house, um, and then also new revenue streams from impact fees, which our city manager had on his list. New revenue streams. I, mean, I think there's a lot generally, but one of the ideas that was mentioned in the city manager SWAT analysis that I think bears re-mentioning is impact fees because we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, and then threats. Again, insurance and risk management generally. Again, litigation and legal threats. Aging infrastructure. Sea level rise. Climate. Lack of diversity. Lack of technology. Homelessness. Natural disasters. Lack of disaster preparedness. And emergency management rising pension costs, um, staff turnover. It's an ongoing concern in case that begins again, and generally our capital improvements. Um, and then also just that we're an older community, old community with older infrastructure, which was also in the city manager's list. Right, exactly. <laughs> Bless her. Okay. I think that's it. Yep. 
Take a breath. Pull your hair back. So I'll make it somewhat easy on you. My um, my strengths have all been stated except for one. So let me restate the ones that have been stated. Um, geographic location, and I think about both that were waterfront and were uh, proximate to GGNRA, uh, Golden Gate National Recreation Area, yeah. Um, that we are seen as a world-class visitor destination, uh, high level of community engagement, committed leadership. You've said, these have been said already. Um, I guess I have a couple others. Uh, hasn't been said um, the historic significance in the historic working waterfront. It's under strength. Um, we're an age-friendly community. That was actually, I think, from last year, but I thought worth repeating. Um, we do have an active grant program, although, as uh, Councilman Bostin said, we need some improvements. Um, climate activism, also already said. And then I would add increased transparency on finances. So it's a strength. It's a vast improvement. Keep looking at Chad. Then you're here. Okay. You want to go to weaknesses? Yep. It's a little bit long. Um, loss of insurance pool. What he said, long-term pension debt obligations. Yeah, it's just a little more detailed. Um, our general obligation bonds, we have a deferred payment and a 15-year amortization schedule that's going to pop those interest rates up substantially. Um, loss of 44% uh, of our property taxes to uh, summer and fire. Um, uh, our, we have a uh, fire consolidation where we give away uh, almost half of our property taxes. We have a fire consolidation. We The deal is that we, we lose a lot of our property tax. Yeah. Um, deferred maintenance. Said aging infrastructure. Inability to manage city-owned property at market rates. Lack of oversight slash status calibration on legacy leases and agreements. And so for public and council understanding, that's Sausalito Yacht Harbor, it's Cass Gidley, it will MLK, it's uh, Bank of America slash SCA. Lack of skills. You guys can't do market uh, Let me rephrase it. We need clear policy direction on preferred use of city-owned property. That would be, yep. Um, silos between departments. Uh, failure to connect the dots between significant consulting contracts and scope of work. Uh, it probably, I mean, sure, high level, right? But to understand that we sign off on these large contracts and they actually all impact one another and how are we looking at them holistically? Um, staff workload. Project management and operationalizing some of our visions. Uh, project management. Lack of diversity. 
Uh, it's actually in population. We've done a really good job within City Hall. Um, thanks to Chris. Uh, high industrial rents. And historically, and it's shifting, outsourcing key City Hall functions to third-party consultants or third parties. Don't worry, there's opportunities. Sorry, guys, there's a long list. Equally long opportunities. Yeah, no, that was only to them. The community. Okay, here are the opportunities. Um, this is a big one. It was something I want to get out of today. Defining need versus want. Um, I'll go slower. Uh, we have opportunity around waterfront recreation and facilities. Uh, blue economy, which was mentioned. We have an opportunity around uh, shifting our lens to merge infrastructure upgrades with beautification projects. Sure, In infrastructure, we've all said in aging infrastructure. So those upgrades can also be beautiful and create a more resilient community. Um, obtain more grant funds. And I'll just put a bigger bucket of uh, increasing revenue from city-controlled either recreation facilities or uh, land or, or uh, buildings. Is that like a fee structure for you? Like how the fee structure for the basketball? Like, yeah. 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 Uh, enhance equity and DEI-based policies. Streamline permitting. I want to just put a big bucket of decarbonization, but that is really about our EV chargers or electric water taxis or other efforts that are. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, improved roadways, an opportunity. Better use of technology. I know we've been working on a click it, fix it app for a while. Awesome. I'm all for it. Uh, increased communication from City Hall on pending projects. To, you. to all of us. And uh, more water-based affordable housing. Not that we can control that, but on my wish list. Your last one. Yeah. Uh, All right. And then we'll move to the threats. Okay. Climate change. Which we could say includes flooding and landslides or separate, but I know my colleagues have already mentioned those. Um, Includes things like storm drain overflows. Litigation. This is on, we're still on threats. Uh, loss of institutional knowledge. Nope, <laughs> not even us. 
Uh, deferred maintenance at City Hall. Yep. Lack of a historical property index and inventory. Mm -hmm. Deferred bulkhead maintenance. Projects over budget. And then rising pension costs. So mine are pretty, mine are pretty short, and uh, in keeping with my uh, initial opening campaign statement that I made, <laughs> which is, uh, I look at it from the lens of why we're here and what this body is supposed to do, right? So here's my strengths. We have an incredibly competent staff right now. In 2021, we really had to focus in and look at who's performing and who's not, and transition to a a different way of doing business in Sausalito. And I think that we've done that. We've got a really great finance director. We have a really great director of CDD. We had a great public works director. He's still here, thank God. Thank you, Kevin. Um, and our communications director, Abbott, also exceptional, right? So we kept the exceptional people. We added some additional exceptional people. And I think I have a, a that's a huge um, strength right now. Um, we have relatively stable revenue streams, even though we have challenges, and I believe Chad's going to talk to us, our finance director is going to talk to us about um, uh, potential deficits in the next few years due to pension debt and some other uh, high-risk issues that we have. But um, we have relatively stable revenue streams. Our issue is how we spend our money and what we can do to mitigate those. So sorry, I just drifted into opportunity. So those are the, the, the other internal factor, I think, weaknesses, um, primary weakness for my view is a council inability to set and adhere to priorities for us, for our time, and for our staff time. And so once we decide on what are priority projects and what's a priority for the council, then our agendas and our staff time and our council time naturally flow from that. Whatever criteria we set, that objective criteria for what we're going to spend our time on will become much more efficient and our staff will become much more efficient, I believe. Um, substantial uh, in the another the, so therefore the weakness of sub, substantial staff time and council time redirected to non-priority projects and objectives that's a huge weakness i think and um, internal inefficiency that we have right now um, failure to analyze fiscal year objectives through that holistic lens of what's best for the entire community instead of primary interests from a perceived constituency i think that's one of the weaknesses that we've had on this council and at our own agenda setting um, failure to adhere to Brown Act requirements and other rules for electeds. Brown Act requirements help us be prepared for meetings. Brown Act requirements help our community understand what we're actually going to talk about at a meeting. If we have staff reports that aren't holistic, if we have failures in those, then I'm not prepared as a council member. And if I'm not prepared, then how does, how does the community become prepared? So that, to me, primary weakness. Um, now moving on to external factors. 
the council determination uh, to set stated fiscal year priorities for council and staff efforts. As I said, I think that's a huge opportunity to increase efficiency, lower wasted staff time, um, and focus in on what are actual priorities and actually get those things done. Um, to, to the point of it took us seven years to get a ferry project done. That was a priority, but that's one project in the context of our whole town. And so a lot of that time was spent responding to other groups who had ideas about what the ferry landing should look like and trying to air those um, and respond to those in a responsible way. So, I mean, we had some pretty great, <laughs> I mean, pretty consistent plans back in, I don't know, Kevin, back when we first started, right, seven years ago. This plan looks a lot like some of those plans. But we let that process, we let that process uh, flow, and I participated in that for two years on a, on a subcommittee. Um, so I'm happy that it's passed, but I'm also sensitive to criticism because uh, we could have just said, we're done, submit it, right? We could have done that six years ago. Um, opportunities, um, as I said, once we get that discipline, then the other opportunities will flow from there in a streamlined and efficient. Um, I completely agree with what Councilmember Kellen just said about defining a need versus a want um, and, you know, and figuring out other ways to achieve those, but not using council time or staff time to a significant um, degree. Um, threats, I think the fiscal inability to meet the needs for a community as a whole is a big threat. And, you know, we're looking at today how we spend our money and the 10-year projections, but I completely agree that we should do that. Projections are only based are only as good as based on the assumptions that you use. Um, those assumptions obviously are gonna change. So it's, it is a every year, you know, you're gonna do a new 10 year based on what you just saw or, or historically, if you have an outlier year, you need to throw that outlier year out and you need to look at what are the actual trends that we can, we can um, rely on. So um, our infrastructure is a huge threat. And the, the inattention to our infrastructure as a whole is what has led to our loss of insurance and it's what's led to community threats with you know people tripping over our, our lawsuits have increased because of the lack of focus on infrastructure and these huge numbers that we were briefed on in 2021 with Chris's um, October 30th um, assessment that he gave us and he you know I think the number Chris that you gave us was 500 and something million dollars in deferred maintenance in Sausalito and infrastructure needs and you know holistically how can we look at that and focus on what we can achieve in any given year and prioritizing that above other um, above other efforts which we I think we have to do so that's that's the threat that's the opportunity that's a weakness <laughs> that's a strength maybe um, and then obviously threats from failure to adhere to Brown Act requirements and other rules for electeds. That's, I, I think, a threat, um, you know, from, uh, from all kinds of different angles. So um, anyway, those are my, I'm not saying that the, the strengths and weaknesses that haven't been brought out by other council members that I disagree with, but when I look at now, how do we approach that and prioritize that and move forward in the best way possible for the rest of our community, that's mainly what I'm looking at. I'm going to the restroom. Okay. <laughs> you guys can keep going, but. No, five minute break. Go ahead. I'm going to get that too. And then we're going to come back and I want to hear from staff. And I also want to kind of acknowledge staff because, wow, I've never.
haven't heard that at one of our staff, our council meetings. We have a fabulous staff, so when you come back, I'm just going to mm -hmm. do this. So let's let's come back at well, like 9:45. Okay. Can I make one request to the room? Chris, can we get you to slide up so that we can actually Please. also dialogue with you when we're here? I think that's great. Thank you. We'll move into that. Do we know, do we know where Please. that you guys have faith in your staff. That is huge. And that is impressive. And so if you're a staff member, uh, could you stand up? And Evan, that means you have to get off the table. Really, you know, it is really important. I think staff retention was also mentioned. It's, it's super important. So I, I want to give a shout out. So Mr. City Manager, I'm going to attempt to write down your well, thank you. Um, I also want to point out that our police chief is a little ill, but she's on Zoom, so she stood up. Our our recreation manager is also uh, taking care of a sick child, so he's stood up. Recreation manager, and our city attorney uh, is also on Zoom as well. So I want to point that out. Yeah. So I always uh, believe in the thought that you don't ask people to do what you don't want to do yourself. So uh, SWOT analysis is something that I find a very useful tool. So uh, appreciative of the council's efforts and real thought going into theirs. So 
Uh, here is um, the city manager's SWAT that I provided um, uh, as you know my uh, guidepost. And obviously, I will miss things. I missed some things, and I thought it was telling uh, when Vice Mayor Cox spoke about San Francisco's impact on um, the city of Sausalito, because that was not in my SWAT. Uh, there were others that were not in my SWAT, but I'll read my SWAT so you can see the thought process. Yeah. That, 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 that could be interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe you have to write all this down because it's, it's something I can send out and be part of the public record. Uh, and it's really, uh, some of it's redundant, but uh, here are the strengths. Uh, an engaged community. Our city finances are positive completed an audit on time with no significant findings, the passage of Measure L, the investment of cash in a higher yielding uh, and secure vehicles for more interest income, uh, the city debt for fire police parks facility is managed and planned, and the park debt is gone in 2030. Uh, the million dollar grant that was uh, fought for and gotten by a lot of community work and led by then Mayor Kelman uh, for planning and resiliency and a vulnerability assessment. The stabilization of staff, which I mentioned is the big one at all levels, not just at the department head level, but at all levels so that we could have uh, people serving Sausalito. And in that staffing, there is work-life balance. And there is uh, also the council's uh, agreement that there be a, a mid-market, market-based philosophy where we're not the lowest paying uh, organization in Marin County. We're not the highest paying organization in Marin County, but we're at the middle. Uh, the advancement of the housing element, uh, obviously the completion of a general plan, which are heavy, heavy lifts, uh, the extensive property portfolio and parking enterprise, which is a strength. Uh, our police and fire buildings are relatively new. Uh, there's been catch up funding designated by prior councils and added to in a 115 trust for pensions and post employment benefits. 115 trust, correct. Uh, we are minimizing uh, contract employees uh, during COVID, post COVID. Uh, we got into a, a system of many, many, many uh, contract employees uh, trying to fill needs. And so now we have gone back more toward in house employees uh, to generate institutional knowledge and you know get away from the idea of contract employees to the extent we can we still need them but we have them we have uh, taken that down significantly um, uh, we have great community partners in Sausalito I won't try to name one because I'll offend all but we have great community partners in Sausalito that work on quality of life and safety with us uh, the park improvements at MLK Martin Luther King Park uh, Dunphy and Southview through the uh, certificates of participation um, that is mostly done so that's really a strength for the community to have parks in good condition uh, the labor contracts have been mentioned um, and then the compassionate closure of the marine ship encampment those are all strengths in terms of weakness uh, again old infrastructure uh, number of lawsuits uh, our risk profile our reliance on other people's money tourists grants uh, the maintenance of our waterside facilities um, and our use of Thailand's fund to fix that. Uh, that's a weakness. Uh, we have uh, a number of older, older docks and fishing piers and things that uh, are in disrepair and don't present the best space to the public and to the people that come to Sausalito. And we have a Thailand's fund, Thailand, Thailand, Thailand's fund that you know we haven't really uh, been intentional about in the words of our finance director. 
so uh, we also do not have yet a comprehensive infrastructure and facility analysis which integrates our finances and our resiliency uh, uh, efforts. So that 10 year financial forecast is important. Uh, there's a um, always a rising market in terms of housing, so it's difficult to recruit people like police officers. Uh, we have a, a police um, negotiation coming up in 18 months, and that's going to be interesting given how difficult it is to recruit people. Uh, uh, we have um, uh, a challenge or a weakness with, you know, uh, unhoused. Our normal staffing isn't uh, a system that's set up to be sustainable to deal with another encampment. We have, uh, again, the public shoreline in disrepair, lack of EV charging stations, and then a current number of unfunded grants that we don't have a, a yes or a no on, and some more, more work to do with our uh, grant consultant. In terms of opportunities, uh, 10-year financial forecasts to guide our budget resource allocation is an opportunity. In play, it's working, being worked on. Started, a uh, committee was set up by then Mayor Blaustein that includes uh, Councilmember Hoffman and Mayor uh, Sobieski, former Mayor Ray Withy, and our finance director to work on a 10 year model. And so it's in play, but it's not done, so it's an opportunity. Uh, looking at our capital improvement program is an opportunity. Sewer consolidation is an opportunity. What I call targeted undergrounding district formation is an opportunity not citywide undergrounding. It's for certain areas that have a desire and want to participate financially and go through all the hoops and hurdles with us in PG&E. That's an opportunity. Uh, building off the general plan that exists, uh, the general plan, 2020. So uh, building off of that general plan, which you know cities do every 15 to 20 years, and they are heavy lifts and they're necessary, uh, but also within that general plan to work on areas of the community that are broad and diverse and have different uh, opportunities. One is obviously the Marin ship, and that's been stated, uh, obviously downtown uh, and Caledonia, and that's been stated. Uh, and then and the other one is the Bridgeway uh, area of Dunphy Park uh, is also another opportunity to integrate plans that would in fact create a, 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 an alignment with the general plan that's already been adopted. Um, the Marin ship is full of potential. The blue economy was mentioned. Uh, we need to continue the progress made that uh, we have had uh, in our community and economic development department regarding planning permits for our residents and for businesses and people that want to come to Sausalito. Uh, it's been a work in progress, but significant. Uh, the backlog that existed has been significantly uh, impacted in a positive way. Permits and planning and yeah, our streamlining and following the recommendations from the Economic Development Advisory Committee about what we do to streamline and get our uh, house in order so that people don't have, you know, um, uh, a maze of bureaucracy to deal with. So that's being worked on and progress has been made. And, and also with our code enforcement backlog, progress has been made. Um, so uh, the city council um, uh, adopted a strategy of uh, compassionate uh, care for homeless and unhoused. And in that same process, they also ask that we become more uh, of a partner with the county and ask the county to become more of a partner with us. 
And so in that regard, uh, we asked the county for $1.5 million to help with our encampment. It came from the council. And the county, working with the state and within their own funds, provided a $167,000 grant for this purpose two years ago. Uh, they worked with us in the state to provide a half a million dollar grant to the city, which the city has received. And we're currently working with them on a matching grant of 500000 from the county. And what we'll use that money for is as the main uh, approach to helping the unhoused in our community and providing housing is what's called the Dorothy Gibson House. And so being able to use um, state and county money to build that project up is a significant opportunity to impact two unhoused persons in our community. Um, we need to finish Dunphy Park. Phase two of Dunphy Park is still uh, out there to be done. Uh, it's an opportunity. Uh, we need to reopen the Marin Ship Park, which has also uh, been um, closed for a year and a half. Is uh, something that we plan on bringing forward in the next quarter. Um, we're looking at impact fees and new revenue streams to accommodate new growth. Uh, when the housing element uh, required by the state of California was completed by the city of Sausalito, it talked about 724 units needing to be built here. And the thought with impact fees is impact fees should be implemented so that people that are new to Sausalito pay for those costs and not the per current residents of Sausalito. So that impact fee is an opportunity and that discussion is coming. Um, we have to look at um, uh, the city council's ask and their agenda, an opportunity to look at our policies on what our reserve level should be. You know, is it six months, is it a year, is it three months? Uh, you know, that's an important opportunity and conversation that needs to be had, as well as our leases. You know, are our leases all going to be market? I heard that earlier in a conversation about what it is we want to do. Are they going to be a la carte? You know, certain people have certain needs. Certain people are certain operators. Some businesses are for-profit. Some are non-profit. Some are a hybrid. And so what's the council's philosophy toward managing those leases? And that's an opportunity. Um, uh, I... I call it C-click fix, but it's also an opportunity to involve our community in helping us to understand needs in the city by an application. So uh, we've been working on this for a year, a little bit more, and um, I'm hopeful that this is the quarter that we get that to the finish line. There's a, a test of a C-click fix app, which we called Rock Solid, Kevin, is that what it's called? Rock Solid, which we're testing right now. But what that will allow to have happen is visitors, residents, uh, people can get on the application and, and help us. And the way it's worked in cities that I've been in is typically someone calls, says there's a pothole, fix it. Uh, but if you have a C-click fix act, if someone takes a picture and says, I'm helping you, there's a pothole. It's a whole different dynamic, a whole different interaction with the community and others, but it also allows us to track all the things that happen in a community that, how many potholes, you know, how many things are related to uneven sidewalks or what buildings need to be, Anything that comes up, we can start to build a database, and then that can inform decisions and resource allocation. So that's. Yep, thank you for that uh, commercial. So we're, we're happy to get that moving. It's an opportunity uh, for more community engagement at a fundamental level related to our infrastructure. Um, 
you know, the continued focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Uh, that's an opportunity to continue and do more. Um, I've asked uh, our finance director to start to begin to create a inter integrated budgeting process with our public. And that's something that really is an opportunity where we ask city residents to work with the city council and city staff to figure out a budget. Uh, there are exercises that can be done and have been done in cities I've worked in and are being done around us where you see how difficult it is to build a budget, adopt a budget, because so much of a city's budget is fixed. Your employee costs, your debt service, your pension payments, your utilities. And so what you really have to work with as a city council is maybe 10 percent, maybe 15 percent of that budget. So we want the public to see how that is and see if they have uh, uh, an understanding that we have or have a better way to approach things. So Chad is working on a preliminary um, uh, exercise this year, but we'll be into a full-blown exercise the following budget year. So uh, that's an opportunity. Um, you know, we need to do better for grant requests on infrastructure and uh, climate change needs, and we understand that. Um, we can improve our shoreline through partnerships. We have many partnerships, government partners, private partners, regional partners, so improving our shoreline that way. And then uh, our quality of life um, opportunities. And one example was the new, you know, Toast to Sausalito, which was uh, really vibrant, uh, you know, uh, the program uh, to create, you know, activity and selling boats to embrace diversity, Gay by the Bay. All of these things were things that there are more opportunities to build on. And then finally, uh, the one thing that I always preach in cities I come to is, um, no, that's not finally. You need to be able to welcome new community members, and we need to be able to uh, speak about um, how, you know, Sausalito is, what Sausalito is about, and that can be welcome packages, working with the Chamber of Commerce, working with businesses, work with everybody to welcome people to Sausalito. That's an opportunity. And then the one that I was saying is finally uh, the other opportunity is uh, this city has what's called Willow Creek, and you know, you know, creeks and cities are really um, interesting and, to me, uh, precious. So Willow Creek is an opportunity, an opportunity to embrace it and work toward uh, figuring out how to make it more integral in the community rather than, uh, you know, just the Friends of Willow Creek pushing that. But I think it's something that the city could embrace. So all that is opportunities. So threats, um, threats were mentioned, but I'll give you mine. And it's infrastructure or insurance and risk management. It's infrastructure, which is integrated. It's climate change and extreme weather events. It creates slides and other catastrophes in communities, which Sausal has already ex <laughs> experienced. It's making sure that we have um, revenue that is managed in our property portfolio. You know, having a parking lots and buildings and leases is something that if we don't do it right, uh, it can be not good for anybody. So that's a threat. Uh, we obviously have done a lot of work on our pensions with the Bartell Group and with this council, and prior councils were aware of this, so they set up the 115 Trust, but we know there are pension spikes. It's an unknown, and so making sure that um, we're mod mod monitoring them and, you know, building toward, you know, how we approach them. Uh, the city at this time has $3.9 million in its 115 Trust and another million or so in its um, post-employment benefit uh, trust, so total, you know, there's about $5 million that can only be used for those two purposes legally. You cannot use 115 trust money for, you know, 
uh, paying for a, a park. You got to pay pension obligations or expenses with that. So that's three. It's, yeah, it's 3.9 million in the 115 trust specifically for pensions. Um, cybersecurity uh, is a big deal. Uh, cities and you know ransoming and approaches uh, are, are prevalent throughout this time and in this country. Uh, you saw what a cybersecurity and a ransom did to the city of Oakland. It's done this to other people. So, you know, we have put together a lot of things in place, but as a small city, trying to figure out how we don't get held up or have, you know, uh, problems with someone else getting into our systems through technology is an ongoing challenge and a threat. And then last, um, you know, the city uh, has really um, been aggressive in going out and getting funding. And so these funds, which you know, are other people's money, and the latest example was the ferry grant, which was $2.4 million, was it, seven years ago? And here we are with a headline in the Marin IJ about you know, the city council unanimously adopted an approach. Uh, so, you know, we have other grants that we've received over time that also are going to take uh, some kind of council direction. One of them is obviously the Bridgeway grant uh, south of downtown. Uh, you know, the city council uh, authorized going out to get what I call different um, scenarios with grant money, uh, but there's $500,000 sitting there that is being looked at uh, by our staff and by the community and by the council as how do we do this and manage it in a way that it doesn't impact public safety, it doesn't impact, impact the business, it doesn't impact the neighborhood, is resilient, all of those things. So, um, you know, the, the idea of that as a threat is because we could get stuck again. And so we want to try to make sure that you're aware that we know it's a threat of getting stuck again, like you did with the uh, ferry grant. Uh, so having some real attention paid to it is what we're doing internally. Uh, Director McGowan is working on and ask to reconfigure that whole ask so that there is some sequencing and no silos. Uh, so that is something I hope that the council is mindful of and we're aware of. But if we turn into uh, a seven year um, uh, uh, time frame on that project, uh, that's not good for anybody. Uh, the downtown concept, which the city council approved $188,000 for a year and a half ago, has the uh, possibility of becoming a similar kind of argument. Uh, are we gonna do this or not? And so staff is sitting here saying, these are things that we go out and we try to do. And then, you know, uh, because there may be concerns or maybe there's a better way to do it, uh, they turn into, uh, you know, really involved uh, situations that, you know, I think aren't best. I think knowing upfront that these are going to be challenges and I believe they will be uh, because many people sit on many sides of these issues especially as it relates to, you know, Bridgeway and downtown. Uh, these are hard discussions that the council is going to have to have. And the threat being nothing gets done. Nothing gets done or it takes longer than you want. And again, uh, I think there's been council direction to look at these. There's funding for one of them. Uh, we want to look at them a different way. Uh, but at the same time, we truly uh, know that uh, there are a lot of people that need to be heard. And so that process and that transparency, and this is part of that to tell you all, uh, we see what we've seen and sitting in these meetings uh, and being on the other side of questions and comments from the public, uh, we're mindful and we're trying to do better. So those are the threats. Uh, those are the weaknesses. Those are the opportunity strength that come from 
uh, staff. So I thank you for your indulgence on that and really thank you for your work on it, uh, Mayor and Council. Um, actually, in my PowerPoint, let's see. If we could go, I believe it's right after, it's slide number five. I think, let's see. What? You don't have it, you don't have it yet? I will make it available to everyone in the world. It's, um, it's like seven slides. It's not the world's greatest, but you will get it. Um, so yes, these questions are welcome. Yeah, it, and it, I think that, oh, go back, go back, go back. Go back, go back. Okay, now go forward one. We're gonna start here then, not slide, okay. So, and I apologize, that's on me, not your city manager. Um, and can you speak into the mic since this is- Yep, being it's being recorded. And I know better than that. So thank you. So I do wanna try to distill down what we did. Right, because I think the, the threats were very, there was a common, there was so many common things. Some of the threats um, were operational, if you were, or, you know, we have to do, a, a, you know, we have our pension obligation funds, finances, et cetera. And some of the threats were sort of dynamic related. And what I think we, we need to do is try to look at the things that are common in our threats and keep in mind what your city manager has, has said as well. And then look at your future agenda items and see how those fit in. And then see if we can distill that down even further. And we're gonna do all that in time for someone to make a flight, um, or at least we're gonna get started. But what I wanted to say first is this 90-10 rule, okay? And 90% um, of what is happening on a day-to-day -day basis in your city is staff doing the daily work. It might be the maintenance of the parks. It might be something, oh, no, it's not, okay. You know, it, it is um, hiring people, right? I mean, hiring people doesn't just, oh, that happened. That's great. No, it is all of that, right? It is the budget analysis. It is washing windows. It is fixing potholes. That's 90% of what staff spends their time on and about 10% is left over for council initiatives new projects, new stuff that goes beyond. Now, some of the stuff that we'll talk about today really fits into the 90% that staff does. It's not like it's additional stuff. I mean, they're telling us there's things they need to be working on. And it doesn't mean that you guys can't be a little bit flexible and something comes up at the dais and you go, that's a great idea. But then you have to be mindful of what else doesn't get done, right? And one of your strengths is your council talent and you're in community engagement. And it's also a challenge, right? Because folks like yourself sit up there and talk and respect each other and say, wow, that's a great idea, Janelle. We really should do that, right? Let's do that. Okay, let's do that. How does it fit in? And so this is, there's a lot of work that I do around governance. I don't do a lot of these planning sessions because I tend to insert myself too much to say, no, we really should talk about so I'll, I'm not going to do that today, but I do a lot of work on governance, which is how you get stuff done. It's how you run that meeting. It's how you decide, okay, wait, that's not my role here. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to be threading this through everything we do, because I know you guys are smart enough to handle that. Next slide. 
And so another one, I apologize to the community for those of you. Oh, you can see it over there. Yay. Um, so I do my own PowerPoint, so I'm kind of new at it. So apologies for little, you know, mis mistakes or, or whatever. But this is another way of looking at the 90-10 rule, right? And, you know, when the pandemic happened, it actually, it, it pivoted a bit to 80% normal stuff, 20% pandemic, right? All new councils. I mean, I'm just saying, and you're all still recovering from that. But this is where it's like every day, public safety, police and fire, library services, wastewater collection, permits and licenses, finances and budget. This is the daily stuff. This is not even improvement, right? This is just every day this stuff happens. So the 10% is these new and emerging, emerging projects, right? Um, and uh, somebody mentioned scale. I think it was the mayor. It's true. So Manhattan Beach is bigger. We have 36,000 people. We, we still think we're, we are small. You know, um, you still have to get the same things done for people in a 7,000 city or a resident city, 36,000, 100,000, right? You just have a smaller staff. So we have to keep that in mind. And I think uh, you, Jill, might have mentioned that projects can be great projects, but we also have to, you know, prioritize them in the list. So let's see what I said I was going to do next. Next slide. I was going to take a break. We did that. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, we're going to, I just want you to, these are overarching goals from the plan that was done in 2019 uh, and it's supposed to carry you through to 2026. I think that and these aren't in order of, I don't think they're in order of importance. They're in order of where they appeared in the plan. But I want you to, as a council, to take a look at these and see if there's anything on here that doesn't jive with what you guys just talked about. And if there is, I think let's let's figure out if what you talked about should be lowered on the priority or if that goal can be kind of thought about differently. And I see Mr. Mayor and then Janelle. Yeah. So I, you know, I would just say that it's up there. But with there, I believe there's a clear consensus, and so you know, putting it to my colleagues uh, around infrastructure. That we've talked about deferred infrastructure. We've talked about getting a grip on our infrastructure with our. Well, that's one of your goals up there. Condition, right? But it's uh, let's see, where is it said? It's continually and improve and maintain infrastructure. It's there, but I I kind of feel like it's a matter of emphasis more than whether it's there or not. Okay. It's a big number, and it's going to take a lot of. Uh, okay assessment and talk it's about a prioritizing around the 100 percent, and i want to get to that as well but it, it is up there fair enough okay um i, I think janelle had something and then melissa thank you do you um, mind first names i just was i was I getting tripped up okay um, great so i i guess what's missing for me here is i think we need some help on how we make decisions and the example i'll use and the city manager mentioned it is when we were discussing labor um chris suggested to us that we adopt a philosophy of uh, how did you describe it, Chris? Of uh, our payment for market, market, or market? Right. So he urged us to say, "Are we a council that believes in this?" Right. And that I think, at least for me, helped me get to a certain place on on that vote and that decision making. Um, we had a really big, uh, you know, public uh, participation on Tuesday around the ferry. Um, we have another one that I'm sure is going about to come up around our art center. That's a, a city-owned property that has. Uh, debt service on it, but it also brings a unique 
um, addition to the downtown. I feel like we need some cohesion around our philosophy towards city-owned property, our philosophy towards planning, our philosophy towards like something that's a more of a the North Star. The other example I'll give you in addition to SCA, um, which is also known as the Bank of America building, is uh, we have this grant that Chris mentioned for uh, Bridgeway in the south part of town to uh, do something around a median. Um, that area is also starting to experience flooding. Um, do we apply a resilience lens in our planning before we do anything within 50 feet of the waterfront? I'm being a little specific, but um, oh, I'm perfect. trying to just give these examples because what's going to happen is we're going to have those, at least those two items and many more come to us. But if we don't have sort of a policy about how we deliver those services, then we're just going to have these battles that we have uh, traditionally in, in Sausalito. And okay. I'm wondering if there's a way to, to focus on like thematically, like, our philosophy around nonprofits and city-owned land is X. Our philosophy around new planning um, in 50 feet of the waterfront is Y. That would help me um, find a North Star and some um, a thread for okay. decision-making. All right, let me hear other comments and then I, I do have some ideas on that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate those comments and I think that that's spot on. I just, in terms of the goals, I think we all just touched on disaster preparedness um, and emergency management, and that's not directly addressed up there. And I want to figure out a way Thank to you. pull that together. Yeah, and I, I would I would say, oh, sorry, um, Joan. And um, you mentioned it, and some of our, um, you know, weaknesses and strengths made reference to it. I, I don't know how to frame it, but I might call it governance. So the manner in which we work together yeah. Uh, with ourselves and with the community yeah. to accomplish our goals. Yeah. And if I may, and you can tell me I'm wrong, um, I good, good bodies, if you will, whether it's a school district, special districts, uh, city council, um, do focus on it a lot. Um, and they, it's, you know, whether you call it council development, council education, um, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of a lot of folks who are new. Now you have some experienced people and that's really helpful. And oh yeah, municipal lawyer. <laughs> so um, so um, I'm just saying, I mean, you're a lawyer, I'm getting, and you're a lawyer, I get it. But then municipal is complete, it's such a different beast. I'm just saying, okay, sorry. I didn't mean, I'm not choosing a favorite. I'm just pointing it out. But here's the thing. I think that's outside the scope of today and I'm not sure it's a goal. Like, I don't know if it's a goal, like in your strat plan to, you know, commit to good governance, it might be a value, it might be a protocol, it might be something, if you guys are committed to that, that's a different kind of, I think you do that yearly, you know, I think you do, laws change, right, things change, and it, what you do, what they do is so hard, it's not just that they're busy, but they're making all their decisions in public, they're having all their discussions in public, their friends, I know it's their job, but it's humanly, as humans, it's super hard, they, you guys have the luxury of, of, they walk in a grocery store and somebody starts talking to them about the Meridian or how come you were so stupid and you interrupted, you know, Janelle when she was, you know, and it's, it's just human nature. Sometimes we get defensive, right? Uh, you know, even the best of us, uh, it's really hard. And so it's sort of like, you know, counseling, if you will, but it's also just a, a, a tips and trades and tricks. And it's really important to do. But I, so I think it's important for all of you. To me, it doesn't feel like a strat plan goal. 
Yeah, I understand. But, but, you know, Jill mentioned Brown Act, for example. We get criticism from the community in the uh, regarding the manner in which we deliberate and debate on various items on the diet. Okay. And so I really do personally perceive it as a goal okay. to improve um, the manner in which we govern, whether it, again, be uh, um, adhering to the Brown Act, not disclosing something that happened in closed session yep. inadvertently, not announcing how we're going to vote on something in advance of the vote. Yeah. So just some basic tools. Okay. Uh, I think would be helpful to us. So for me, it really is a, a goal, but I do agree with you. It's also a value. Okay. Um, did somebody else have their hand up before? I, okay. So I, if I were sitting where you're sitting, um, I do think what Melissa said is something to really consider because six, seven or 2020, 2019, when you got, when some of you did this, um, while you put climate resilience or climate change resiliency, you, you mushed it in with infrastructure, right? And everything has changed. The intensity of the climate impacts, right? And the climate change, it's so, every year it's just more intense. So if I were you, I would consider adding that or in some way as a goal, because a lot of the things that we talked about, you guys are really vulnerable as a low-lying coastal community with your hills and then earthquakes that we can't determine and forest fires that we never thought. So. That, I think this is the time, and I, and I apologize, I just said not to, but it, it's the kind of thing that you would talk about. Yes, we agree that could be a goal. And then you don't have to like change your strat plan right now, but everything we do when we start prioritizing some of these things will play into that. And then maybe later at a council meeting, you would adopt it as an additional strat plan goal. Does that make sense? We're not ripping it apart. Jill. I think um, I think it would be helpful for us and staff, community, everybody, if to just to build on something Councilmember Kelman said was if we could get to the point where we agree on some objective criteria for what is a priority, right? And if it doesn't meet that objective criteria, like maybe three things, our priorities for 2024 are one, two, and three. And believe me, three is plenty. <laughs> because of the limited time that we have for uh, council time and staff time. And if it doesn't fit within those three categories, whatever the objective criteria is or collectively, then then it's a it might be a worthy project, but um, and council members and the public, everybody's, and we believe me, we all do this, where we um, feel strongly about a project, but we don't necessarily take up council time or staff time. We get it off the ground and running. Uh, outside of the staff time and then present maybe a completed project or maybe a close to completed project to that's already mostly baked out, right? Without using staff time, without using council time. So I think that would be make it, I don't know if we can, but that would make it really clear and easy, I think, for us to decide what's on an agenda and what isn't, what merits our time and what doesn't. Yeah. And I did mean to um, address what Janelle said because again, so criteria to me is a little bit different than priorities or criteria or goals, and both are important, right? So like if you had the three, if our goals are we don't want, you know, people forced out of their homes because of the climate or whatever, you know, like, but I think a criteria for me is, well, are you looking at this through a financial lens? Are you looking through this as a climate change lens, a DEIC lens? And the problem with agreeing on those is that 
not everyone's going to agree. Like for some of you, your priority is going to be, no, this is about financial stability. Now they often overlap, right? But maybe you want to come up with a list of five, five lenses just, and it's not something you vote on and you agree on and you have to hold each other to, but maybe it would be valuable because that was one of my slides earlier on that I skipped over. <clears throat> um, sorry, I just left to laugh at myself, but what is the lens, right? What is the lens? And so if you, and it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, right? But sometimes, um, and it's helpful to understand, right? And, and I think that will really play into how you prioritize the goals for this year. Yes, Mr. Mayor. I also just have a question for you and my colleagues and just everyone to think about, which is how do you strike the balance from a governance point of view? Well, about low hanging, easy, small things that make a big difference. Uh, my colleague Jill was like, where's the, where's the half and half? Small thing makes a big difference. I'd like half and half my coffee too. Kieran Culligan started the meeting by holding up a donut and saying, why are we spending money on donuts? Small thing makes a big difference. Easy to do. When I think we have, the, a sculpture that means a lot to the city, the Sausalito Sea Lion. Uh, it's a small thing. Maybe. But it's taking staff time. It might take interaction with another mutual agency. It requ might require city council action. Certainly it doesn't affect our resiliency or our financial stability. No, or but, the, but it's kind of a big thing. So we have a lot of little things that I think culturally we could either consider and dispatch quickly because they're low-hanging fruit, but they're actually not in the, admittedly, none of them are in the top essential items. And yet we want to take care of them because man doesn't, uh, humans don't live by bread alone, right? You, you, you do have you other You gotta things. have the bread in order to have the statue that you do. So and, you gotta take care of those and So that's the question. I would say, and I'd be interested in your colleagues' comments, but I would say the how, or is you, for, for a council member to say this is easy for staff to do is, um, you may not understand it's is it does sound easy right but it may not be you've got a coastal commission that oversees things and that causes interaction it, it, there there's there's i think that you have to you trust your city manager and his fabulous staff to say how it gets done and so and and yeah you don't want to just be the guy, the folks up there that are just money 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 check you know, climate, climate, climate check. But under, and also a lot of these projects probably have advocacy groups or tied to them, which then, which is great, right? And a lot of times you, community driven projects, that's the only way to get them done. And that's great, but that is also what takes so much time. And because you need to listen to that public, staff needs to staff that commission um, and it is government work is um, <clears throat> really um, deliberate, methodical, and actually for a reason, right? Like I was, I was driving by. What is it? Maybe this is a bad example, but when I was in San Francisco, I drove by the, the Salesforce building. Is that the one that's sort of having some problems? Finite. See, I knew I'd get it wrong, but but that's a, it. You and I and I don't know that this is the reason they're having problems. But I was thinking about it because when we think of innovation and we think of you know, especially Silicon Valley, which is probably a, a strength for your area. We think of, oh, you know, there has to be innovative ways to do things. And, and you know, we, why are all these permits and all these things? What's this process? And what's this? Because government's job is, at the end of the day, protect people. Government's job is not to make profits, although you don't also want to be, you know, 
not uh, financially stable. So, you know, you have to be really methodical and slow and plotting, in my opinion. And that's that's just me. So I think that you should have some fun things that you get done because there should be joy and, and there's a lot of, it's so beautiful. Anyway, you were going to say something. I just, that's want, my opinion. Yes. I just wanted to add on to what the mayor said. Interestingly, the Sausalito sea lion could fit under strengthen our community identity, which 100%. is one of our goals. Also, interestingly, a lot of the work that has been done for the Sausalito sea lion demonstrates one of our greatest strengths, which is our community involvement. So our mayor, former mayor, uh, swam. Which uh, <laughs> uh, one? Oh, yeah, you. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, swam back and forth to Alcatraz to raise money to restore the sea lion and has spearheaded yeah. you know, fundraising efforts to restore the sea lion. So um, when there's something that's important to each of us, we often engage the community and volunteer our time right. beyond the time we spend on the dais to advance things of that nature. And so I think we are mindful and respectful of okay. staffing and uh, management constraints. And so when we do advocate for special projects, if you will, we often invest more of our own time. To and, and Jill mentioned that too, right? Like it's yeah. all this time outside and that's great. And so I'm not trying to say you can't do that, right? I, but I am trying to say, what do you want staff to focus on? What this is, is what should staff focus their time on? Yes. I'll just and note I that the mayor, when he articulated this example said, well, it's not infrastructure, but it also doesn't cost the city any money. That thereby actually creating a bucket of criteria for vetting a particular project. And Chris, you do this often as well. Point. This is under $30,000. That's my purview, right? And so when you um, uh, helped us with uh, Willow Creek and put up a sign, right, um, to say that there's the creek, it didn't cost, I mean, it was less than this 30000 So I still think it goes back to having some objective criteria to help us, at least for, as a conversation guardrails for us um, because we know we have some harder things coming up what's our shared philosophy and and if we can create some objective now we're going to have outliers for sure but at least as a starting point for dialogue okay yeah you guys want to engage in that um yeah uh, so i think it's no, okay. um i think it's interesting um that going back to the use of staff time, right? And we really have no concept of how many hours a staff has to do their main job, right? All their list of projects. And then when we come up with a special project, how much of that, you know, to the point of Amy's point, how much that's actually gonna take away from regular staff time. So I think it might be helpful when we first engage with the city manager about, how much staff time is this sea line going to take? How much time did the sign take? You know, it, you may be surprised at how much time it actually takes. And so we also have, uh, you know, so if you say, I only have 40 hours in the week, or, I mean, a really great example is the ferry landing, right? At one point, Kevin said 70% of his time was being spent on that one project. I got a thumbs up from Kevin. That's our public works director. That's really expensive time. Every hour that he spends on some other project mm -hmm. is an hour he's not spending on Edwards Avenue, or he's our, also our city engineer. So he's not spending time on our, um, our landslide, landslide um, you know, criteria, right. our, our priority project that we submitted back in our priority list in 2019, right? So 
I mean, the discipline of ourselves as a council saying, I would rather the staff work on these bigger issues for which they're well-trained and well-educated as opposed to inserting a seal or not saying that that's not a bad, not, I'm not denigrating that. Sea lion. Sea lion, right. God, I always get that wrong. A sea lion, right? But here's the point. The point is we have really engaged community. We have people in our community who have contacts at, at the Coastal Commission, or not the Coastal Commission, but BCDC. We have contacts. We haven't enabled them to do that, but the discipline of this council should shift to, if I have a small project, right, that can be easily achieved, staff time is not unending. You're taking the staff away from the other very important work that they're not getting done. And so, you know, an assessment from our city manager when we as a council engage and say, I think, uh, you know, city manager during our weekly calls, which are robust conversations, if you're with me, <laughs> Chris, and I thank you for you're your awesome. patience, um, is, you know, a sense of uh, that's, a, that's a great project. I'm not saying that's not a great project. That's going to take probably 20 hours of staff time. That's half a week away from other priorities that that staff should be working on. Mm -hmm. So that I think would be helpful and helpful with the, the council to be disciplined. And then we know to reach back to our other, our other groups in town, right? So yeah. the Sea Lion, the Saucelio Foundation, right? Those guys are engaged, man. I'm getting weekly emails from those guys. Those guys have been around for a hundred years, some of them. And, um, you know, I mean, honestly, but they have contacts everywhere. And if you empower them and say, great, no. can you help this with this, whatever. So, so anyway, sorry, that's a long response, but that I think goes back to what's the criteria for deciding what's a priority um, and do you fall into these three criteria? If it doesn't, great project. Let's figure out a different way to do it other than using our very expensive staff time. Okay, great. And before uh, Joan, and thank you. And, 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 and I hope people didn't think I was bagging on the sea line project. I'm just, cause, but um, so I hear some criteria bubbling up and staff time is one of them. Um, I also don't want to, so the sea lion project. So if you're going to put a, a statue, a sculpture, there is staff time involved because it is engineering. It is permits. There's stuff. There is stuff that happens. It's not, it's not impossible. It does not hard. I get, I see everyone loves the sea lion. That's happening. I can tell, but anyway, Joan. Chris hates it when I say this, but we have a 30-year experienced city manager, mm -hmm. and I do not consider it my role to manage how Chris manages the staff. That's right. So I absolutely agree that staff time should be a lens, perhaps, and a factor, but um, I, it's not up to me to tell Chris how much staff time should be allocated to any or whether any... So I... He, he has a relationship himself with our community, with the Marin IJ, with our regional leaders. He's the chair of the, oh. of the um, city manager's group. Wow. He's a member of the board of the Chamber of Commerce. So he has his finger on the pulse, and I do not want to um, deprive him of his judgment in, um, his allocation. in, his, in allocating scarce resources. I hope that I didn't miscommunicate because I don't think, I think staff, microphone, sorry, I just get a little, I hope I didn't miscommunicate. I absolutely agree with you, um, but I think staff time may be a criteria. It's not that you're going to direct staff and say this should only take 20 hours or whatever, but 
That is so something, and it, allow me indulge this indulgence. So at our um, city council, at the end of every meeting, there's a future agenda bullet. And so if I want to put on the sea lion statue, I say, um, I'd like to bring this forward to another meeting and I need to get one other person to agree to bring it forward. Then at the, ne the next meeting or two meetings, staff will say, well, we can come back to you in two meetings. They give us a very, 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 very high level report. Um, just in thinking about this, these are the agencies that would be involved. These are the staff members that would be involved. And it's a, a short, medium, long-term project or it, a little bit of a rough, 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 uh, sorry, Bowie, um, uh, estimate of time, right? So then, then we need three more, then we need three votes to bring it forward for a full report. So then you kind of, and that, I'm not saying you do that. It's kind of, it's kind of cumbersome to me, but it also allows staff and you may say, I don't care if it's a thousand hours. This is really important. Just a thought. So, so what I think though, I, I, quite, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Sorry. I just, no, 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 sorry. Comment I raised my hand for, I do think it was helpful that little dialogue to bubble up some and articulate some criteria that might end up in our thinking, Thank you. but yep. I wanted just to add one, which is to be cognizant of what a little bit of staff time might unlock. That should be another part of the equation. So in terms of say, for example, our volunteers, whether it's the Sausalito Foundation or the Economic Development Advisory Committee or the Sausalito Historical Society, these groups of volunteers might put in the lion's share of the effort, 90%, let's say, an iceberg of the work, but it does need 10% to get the work done. Right. And if they don't have that partner in the city, then that all that work and the ability to manifest is lost so, similarly on grants. And so it shouldn't just be in our thinking, the criteria of what the cost is. It's also what the potential benefit is, yeah. whether or not it's highly leveraged work. And many of the grants, for example, I know that my colleague, General Kelman is, you know, cutting new trail on trying to apply for many grants for resiliency for the city. There are other buckets of grants you can apply for, including those. And that kind of work unlocks money, but that money often needs a partner in the city mm -hmm. uh, to to finally pull the money all the way. Well, home. and you kind of need a project first too, and and you're lucky that you have all of you are so um, willing to dedicate your professional resources, if you will, and your your skills and talents to unlocking community involvement or other kinds of ways. But as a governance thing, and and. and I want you to think about these decisions that you're making, and they're not decisions today. These are ideas, right? And you you will decide upon them. Um, why don't we do this? Why don't we, like I say, I don't think you can lock down what criteria is because I think that it will shift and sometimes there's two or three different things. But why don't we, and I'll move over there, just go around the room a couple times and list what your criteria may be. And it's going to be, again, this is not a big, um, it's, Fiscal, it's environmental, it's you know emergent or public safety, right? I haven't I haven't heard that actually come up. However, um, what police and fire do is greatly impacted by climate change too, right? And so uh, let's let's come let's let's just do that, and you'll understand. This is nothing that we're going to codify, but I think it'll help with some understanding. So I'm going to move over to my very professional whiteboard over there. Sorry, I just want to clarify because. I think there, there's my concern is that we'll say all the things that we're worried about again. Like we're all worried about climate change and public safety, and we'll list them off. But I think what Councilmember Kelman and Hoffman are trying to get us to is like cost, 
staff time. There's a difference between Thank you. The, the requirements of the, that we fulfill at, uh, and the lens or the, uh, so which ones are you wanting? That's, that's a hundred percent. You're hundred percent. Right. I want it. Is, is it cost? Is it staff time? Yeah. Th that's a hunt. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Okay. So, um, why don't we start from now? Do you want to um, happy to, and again, these are nothing that we're going to put on the screen yet. This is our criteria, which is important. Um, okay. So the criteria that I often think about, um, is long-term resilience, which just for benefit everybody, sometimes just means infrastructure. Um, sometimes it means climate resilience, but it means how long can our infrastructure respond to an event? Can our storm drains respond? Can our sewer conveyances respond when they get overwhelmed? Um, so it's a lens to a variety of things. I think about public safety. I think about financial impact. And by the way, our staff reports almost always at the end say um, financial impact. And I've been looking for um, assessments there and I haven't been seeing any uh, information. And I think that's a missing element for us. It's a rigor that we need to apply to our staff reports. Um, I think resident benefit and I think business benefit. And then ultimately, correct, yep. And then ultimately I think staff time. Um, the mayor and I sit on the agenda setting committee and a goal we shared with the city manager a week ago is that every staff report identify what strategic plan goal is being advanced by the project. And each of the things that Janelle mentioned, um, you know, environmental resilience, uh, many of the things Janelle mentioned are already part of our strategic plan goals. So I, I see a, so a, a nice way to sort of encapsulate um, some of, the, of our lenses is to identify how this proposed idea advances our strategic plan. So, uh, uh, and... Yeah. And then I'm totally endorsed the financial and staff time, obviously. I would add, um, oh, sorry, is it my, yeah, just uh, immediate safety and security, because if there's a, an emergency event and we need to make it a priority, or if there's an immediate concern that arises, I think that that's an, uh, an important criteria as well. And Obviously, echo the resilience piece and what others have said. Yeah, I'd, I'd add, uh, I guess maybe it was articulated benefit versus cost, but but really giving uh, some equal room to benefit because we often, we do have the fiscal cost as part of the staff reports, but we often don't articulate, you know, a sort of a gr uh, whiteboard or greenfield assessment of the benefit. Did you? I just thought of one more. Okay. It just came can, to me. Can I just finish mine? Oh, sorry, I no, no, just, I just have one other, because I think this word is important to be leverage. Leverage, meaning if you invest one unit of something, that's staff time, or one unit of $1 of city money, 
what do you want potentially unlock? So low hanging fruit for me was, you know, if we could spend one hour of staff time and $1 of city money and unlock a thousand hours of volunteer time and $10 million of someone else's money, that seems like a project that would, I would think of differently than one that required thousands of hours of staff time or Absolutely. That would be the cost, but just to assess in addition to that, the leverage, but not the benefit because the same project, the two, you have two projects that have the same benefit. One uh, could involve, and actually, but one could involve a lot of leverage, which is how much outside of city staff and city money, how much extra human, uh, what you call it, human hours and how much extra money would potentially be unlocked. This is this applying for grants, for instance. Just given our insurance situation, something about risk, legal or along those lines. I don't know how to articulate that. I would welcome recommendations. And does it mitigate risk? Right, right. Um, so I actually have a question for the mayor. So you made two points, and I, I want to just understand them, be curious about them. Um, <laughs> the first is you said uh, the cost benefit. Is that a financial cost benefit, or are you talking about another type of benefit? Is my first of two questions. Go ahead. Uh, both. You can do a financial cost benefit, but you uh, could do both. The cost isn't, there are two costs, I guess, roughly speaking, money and time. We've mm -hmm. been talking about that. And benefits can be money and a bunch of qualitative things. Uh, resilience, which you could, of course, quantify. But at the end of the day, you're also talking about saving lives. And we don't want to put dollar figures on people's lives. So if you reduce fire danger, if you reduce, if you undergrounding, you can specify a cost of that. How do you specify the cost of saving someone's life? You could say it's infinite. The insurance companies say it's a number. You know, we humans try to think about that. And so I just think there are a lot of benefits that could be articulated uh, that so that we at least know they, in a sense, are comparing apples to oranges. But if you say we're spending a million dollars, but 5,000 people are happier, you can't say that that balances out, but you can at least acknowledge both things because both things are true. So that sort of leads to my second question, which is how do I know 5,000 people are happier, right? I know I have more money in the bank. I know a permit gets issued. I know um, sales tax goes up, but I don't know if 5,000 people are happier, which goes so to your second comment that you made around if $1 and one hour unlocks a million dollars and a million hours. Any thoughts on how we might, from a very quantitative perspective, measure that? Because what I'm looking for is yeah. us to find some agreed upon, our own objective design standards. Right. Funny Joe. It's funny. I just laugh at that because I'm the engineer. That's the way I'm supposed to be but thinking about the world. But I've got a... <laughs> See, so that's so funny because I don't, I think that's such a great question. You know, I love it because I think that's why there are five of us and we, to be on this council, we have to be residents. We have to be part of the community and we just make qualitative assessments at the end of the day. And we could be wrong, but at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything wrong with reflecting our community and our own hearts by saying, I, this just feels right. This feels like it's better and it's worth the money. And, you know, so how do you assess that 5,000 people are happier? I think you can do, you know, the, the 
customer service people do that all the time with little scales and we can have some kind of criteria like that. But at the end of the day, honestly, I feel like it's worth acknowledging that we are always on this dais unless we want to be engineers and run everything by the numbers like some Soviet commissar. Uh, we need to instead embrace the kind of um, uh, American principle of uh, pursuit of happiness. And it's in the it's in the Constitution, happiness. Look, I'm a I'm a glass half full person generally, so I'm normally pretty happy. I only I only uh, measure I only mention it because this is where this council runs into trouble with one another because we measure happiness differently and we measure what will create that happiness differently. And if I said blue economy innovation zone in the maroon chip and that would make me so happy, <laughs> I think it make a lot of people happy. Am I going to get full council buy in on it? No, you're going to make me go through the RFP, phase it out, figure out all the like, when's it going to come back? What's it going to cost? Right. So that's, I think, our something we need to troubleshoot. That's where we run into an issue is when we don't know how to quantify that. Do, 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 we run into, do we run into the trouble or is that a healthy debate that we just shouldn't feel bad about? I think we bring contempt to that conversation. And if the community does, then that is negative. But if we do wrestle with what makes us happy and kind of qualitative, like the sea lion makes us happy, then that, uh, that brings us to, you know, we can sort that out. I kind of think that's what elections are for. That's what public comment's for. We kind of wrestle with it. We agree that, you know, we, uh, we, some people like tomatoes, some people like tomatoes. And it's impossible sort of to capture in a strategic plan is kind of what I'm getting at. So yeah. we can we can ag agree on that, that there's going to be this very subjective component to our decision making. But let's plan for it in a conversation around criteria or strategic planning. I agree. I agree with that. I, you know, but yeah, I agree with that. And even the Supreme Court and others, you know, you lawyers use these standards like reason. You lawyers use these standards like reasonable, like reasonable. What's reasonable? It's actually baked into the law. So I think um, interesting conversation up here. Um, I think that it's really interesting that we received um, as part of this uh, a yearly plan um, and a, a, a chart of what's in each of our meetings for the rest of the year. And so, and so I think we have a finite amount of time to address things. And so when we're talking about, you know, bringing us back to and focusing back on what council spends our time on and what staff spends their time on and how do we prioritize that. When you look at our schedule for the rest of the year, we have maybe 18 or 20 meetings left for the rest of the year. We're spending four and a half hours today on a Saturday morning, beautiful Saturday morning, got here at eight o'clock. I got up at six. Noelle was here at 4.30 in the morning setting this up. So the value of our time and what we're focused on and how we move forward throughout the year, I think it's really important. And it's, it gets even more focused when you look at the time we have available and the things that we have to do throughout the year with regard to EIR, with regard to our ordinance updates, with regard to these things that we have, you know, by law we have to do. Um, and then what does council focus our time on other than that? I, I think that's maybe when you're talking about lens, like that's a very, that's a, that's a pretty set lens <laughs> to look at and might help us focus. So I think you're also maybe going into the governance realm again, because I think what you're talking about is the quality quantity of your discussions at the dais, right? And and sometimes it's not, um, a lot of us try to keep 
and I'm not talking about you folks, I'm t this is my experience, keep trying to convince somebody that my approach is right, my answer is right. And sometimes the discussion, and I think what I heard from somebody in the community is these discussions, it's not that the C-line isn't important, but is it a two hour discussion at a council meeting? I don't know that it was, you know, I don't, I'm not judging or saying that, but I think we're trying to say that these, the, the core mission, the core mission of your city is public safety, actually and emergency safety issues are gonna have to take precedence. So the core mission, right? And then it's programs for people, it's how you serve your people. And so I think that, uh, and you, so you do have all these resources, whether it's the SCA or all these other things. And I think, but, 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 but it's about the quality of your discussions and uh, it's about how do you get to consensus and a decision and move on, right? Because that also, it's, cause that's also affecting your time and staff time. And if you leave a meeting and staff doesn't have clear direction that they should go spend 30 hours on this or this or that, that's a problem. I don't know if that is a problem, but that's a problem. So I like all these, the criteria, some of them are different. Um, and I think, and, and, and we, we touched so lightly on your strat, strategic plan goals. Um, but I want us to also move forward with looking at the threats that were identified. The, the very, and with the council and the city manager, as well as your future agenda items. And I, we're going to try to actually prioritize some of those future agenda, agenda items. Because as you identified, does everybody have, sorry, does everybody on the dais have the council calendar? Because that, that's what you're calling it, right? And we can put it up, up nope. there too. It, we, we can, and I have copies. Is it, is it, it's in the, isn't it in the printout too? No. Is that our seat? Oh, you have it right there. Oh, not the calendar, but you have the blue thing. Janelle doesn't even have the blue thing. She didn't get one of these. Um, to go potty. We're going to move to public comment in about an hour or so. So we'll take a five minute break. little break because I tried um, to look through um, everybody's threats that they listed um, and I came up with some buckets of commonalities which I'm, we're not going to address right now but I want it in front of you um, there's a lot of things I left off and and we'll, we'll address that in a minute or two or three um, do we have up there? Yeah, our future agenda items. So you can see them over there. Now, there was, in somebody's notes, there were two things on this list that were uh, dependent on um, some a court case. And so they're sort of waiting. Uh, Mr. C. Manager, do you know which, could you remind me of those two? The city, the city attorney can speak to the two that we have 
that are waiting. I think, um, uh, Sergio, are you on? Yes. Yeah, no, uh, one of them happens to be uh, potentially implementing reach codes. Um, the That is still pending. The Ninth Circuit recently ruled that uh, federal law preempts a lot of um, reach code ordinances that uh, allow cities to ban new natural gas infrastructure as part of construction. Um, actually, just uh, a few weeks ago, the Ninth Circuit denied we're hearing in Bonk. Um, I expect that that decision is going to be further appealed to the Supreme Court by the city of Berkeley. So that is still ongoing. But, you know, it is. I might have even taken that off my list because of that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. The other one, there was another one, right? Um, that's the one I'm aware of. And is, th is there another one you are? I thought there was something about either Hillside or Landside that was waiting, that had something pending. Um, but let's just proceed. If you're not aware of it. Hillside Ronins. It, there's something right that's pending and that is on the on the chart on your screen right now yes so. i know and so but what i'm saying is when we talk about prioritizing these just keep in mind that that is something that we can't you guys can't actually act on right now because of the pending case is that correct that they would not be able to act on it if it, there's a pending case i'm not aware of any pending litigation that would prevent the city from undertaking a new hillside ordinance the issue is is Due to the Housing Crisis Act, you know, the city has to be mindful in terms of uh, adopting any new standards that are not objective standards that curtail development and the city can't reduce the intensity of housing development okay. as a result of the Housing Crisis Act. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you for, since I don't live here, understanding that. So what I think would be really helpful, um, these are all very valuable, valid things, projects. Now, I'm about to ask you to go with your gut and we're gonna, you know, you're gonna physically take index cards that I cut at Kinko's last night. Um, and you're gonna try to narrow down your top um, projects. That doesn't, well, I'm gonna take you through the exercise, but basically we're gonna try and narrow these down. That doesn't mean something's falling off the list. That does not mean we're discarding it. That doesn't mean um, anything except I think it'd be helpful, and I want staff to do it as well. Um, now, you are not going to be able to make this decision with the criteria of how much staff time does it take, right? Because you don't know. You're not getting a full report. We don't know how much it's going to cost, right? And that is an issue, but you will figure that out through a budgeting process. But what I want you all to do is, from your own personal lenses, whatever that criteria may be, I'm going to be giving you some index cards. And we're going to start to prioritize this. Now, it, there may be something that's not on here when we get down to our, I, there's no way we're going to get to three. We might get to five. But let's just, just work with me here for a little bit. And I'm going to give you time. Okay. So I'm going to pass out cards. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, Amy. But, Please do. But Joan just mentioned it, and I did too, that there are several things missing on this list. From the future agenda? list I, mean, I got this from staff so let's so whenever someone asks for something to be addressed we place it on a future agenda items list that does not mean these are our top future agenda items to be addressed these are these represent various requests from community members from uh, council members this is not in any this does not 
there are many things that we already know are in the hopper and pending are going to be coming forward right. that aren't on here. Right. And so... Um, and that I understand. We're not paring those down. But if we were to, to Jill's point about... Sure. We let me let me to Jill's point that you have a full calendar right of important things that you're doing. So these uh, are in, in addition. These are in addition. So things like our property condition assessment uh, is not on here. The ten year financial. But is needs. that on the agenda? Is that in the calendar? Right. So that's still coming. Yeah. So. Uh, the thing is, okay, this is so this is out. This is just working on this. Another way of thinking about it is we're just working on this list right now. Just in a in its own box, this is a list of priorities. Right, because right now, as as people who set an agenda as staff, they're like, "What else is coming out here? What else is coming?" And this is not taking a place. This is not taking a place of stuff that is okay. on that so calendar. This is, not, this is not a comprehensive list of all our to dos. This is you're just asking us among these things, right? To stack right because this is an example. For example, revising our zoning ordinance is something we have to do, and it's by by statute, by you know, and it's not on this list, and it's not in the calendar. Mr. City Manager, can you speak to that? Yeah, and that's why we have these kinds of conversations. What are we missing? Uh, what are we missing? And if we are missing them, and you know, we have people here from staff that know these things, and uh, we should plug them in. And this calendar is fluid obviously it's going to change given certain things but the future agenda items that you see up there those are things you've asked for in council meetings and that's the list of things that council directly asked for what you have on the 12-month lookout or the work plan or the calendar are things that we believe you know we need to have ready to go that are not on that list and maybe on that list but the second uh, uh piece of information which is the 12 months is actually more comprehensive this is what you have and asked for in recent meetings over the past six six months to a year. Right, but uh, some of the things that are on this list is because a community member said, hey, I have a question about such and so. We said, well, put that on the, it doesn't mean it's a few, It's a council priority. It's a council to be addressed at some point in the future as we are available. But what's missing is prioritizing your calendar. Yeah, the way I heard it is, set aside all we know there are other priorities that are not on this list but here's a sheet of paper that staff yeah, well let me ask you and let's, let's just stop rank this implementing the housing element i think as a council we agree is a top priority and implementing the housing element, we have the odds here but in the calendar but we do not have and we have approval of the eir related to the housing element but we do not have any of the work necessary to update our zoning ordinance, which we're going to have to put two ballot initiatives on the ballot, and none of that is reflected in the calendar or in this future agenda item. Okay. And that's a huge lift in terms of staff yeah. time, and I believe I'm. there's consensus that that's a huge priority for the council. Yeah, great catch. Yes, uh, I can. I we can. I can pivot, but go ahead, Joe. So I think, yeah, I think this is identified sort of um, – a failure in our uh, uh, the council's input and in what our future agendas are. So I, I think that's clear, right? Like this is a wish list that somehow is compiled at the end of anything anybody says goes on it. But to that. your to your sort of sharing of how you, you've done it in the past with other groups is that there's no interim evaluation about okay, here's our total wish list, but 
what's the pipeline for something that's actually going to get on the, the agenda from the full council, right? Like we don't have that step. That's a failure that we have at the city council level that we don't have that step. And sometimes things that are on our agenda are complete surprise to people that are not on the agenda setting committee, which, and you know, I, I'm saying this is probably a historic failure that it's right. not just you're not, this you're, council. No, we're not, not taking a person. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it's not just this, but it's, it's a lack of transparency, even amongst the council. I have to say it's a bit of a relief because I mean, I think it's a little bit unclear and I think it's because there's been a lot of catch up over time, you know, but it is a little bit unclear on what the actual work plan is and actually, and I'm, that's a new term for you. I mean, that's what I call it, the work plan. And so I see this, I saw this list as council requested agenda items and some of them may be. And for me, I was thinking, well, staff has all these other things to do, right? And I I just was like, well, how do we, how do I identify, you know, how do we pare this down? Because, and maybe it's, we're not right now. I mean, maybe we're going to put this in a holding pad. Like, do you feel that it's critical right now to be adding new projects or well, do you want, and I see you and then Janelle. I would say there are definitely some things on here that have been outstanding for a while that I think this council would endorse prioritizing like you know the the landslide you know mm -hmm. um task force made some recommendations that uh, we need to to implement so i definitely think we could identify some of the things on here but i just wanted to be clear this is not the total universe Got it. of what would this council would consider to be its top priorities that are not already in the council. And, and I did understand that. So now I, I'm seeing a way forward, but I want to hear from Janelle first. Oh, thank you. Um, I was going to suggest maybe a way forward is just as an exercise to actually go through the prioritization of this because these are yep. apples, oranges, and bananas up here. Um, and it'll give some really great insight for one another in the community about how we sort of view this. Um, also with the caveat that at least three of these are, are um, umbrellas where two or other or more actually fit under that umbrella. Um, so we should consolidate as well. Um, so I think that it would be, um, I think it's meaningful to take 10 minutes for you guys to look through this. And I I cut out the carts that so we're going to do this. Um, no, but, and with the acknowledgement that it's not, you know, it's not everything is going to rise, right? And so I think there's what, is there 22 up there? 20? <laughs> All right, so I've got all these these packets of cards. So what I want you all to do, and city manager as well, and any staff member who wants to, because I have a lot of cards, I want you to take make three buckets, basically. So think of it as seven, seven, and eight. Yeah, seven, seven, and eight. Um, and, you know, your bottom seven, your middle, is it 21 for you guys? They have 22, there's 21 there. There's probably 21 cards here. We're gonna do it and we're gonna see what we left off. We can do this. They're smart. They're smarter than I am, we can figure this out. So I want you to do a bottom seven. Uh, remember, they're not going away. There's a middle seven and a top eight. And so you're gonna take these cards, you're gonna physically create piles and we're not gonna talk about it. I want you to just do it and then we're gonna come together. Yes, Mr. Mayor. Well, I just, to, to make that successful, I'm wondering if there are one or two, I'm asking my colleagues really, just to take out so that there are a little more apples, apples, because we, for instance, have a property lease philosophy, and then we have just one lease on here, the Cascadely Boat Center lease. But, but 
I think that's going to take time to okay. discuss that. I would say let's just stack yeah. them. And if it, if something's already under something, put that on the bottom. Yeah, the business improvement district is on here, but that already has its own timetable. For instance, so yeah. that so is that already in? Is that already happening? It's the already on the calendar. Well, so you'll put it at the bottom, so it won't be something yeah, that you're something adding. Like that, just put it in the bottom. But good question. Okay, so I'm going to hand these out, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you, obviously, you're welcome to talk to each other, but you don't have to. Let's take five to ten minutes. I'll watch what you're doing. Okay, so take one and pass it down. What am I supposed to be doing again? I have had a consultant who was so written that you stand up when I need to I don't want to say anything, but hopefully it's always there. Who said that? I got it. I'm going to watch him. I'm going to get some more water, though, too. Oh, actually. Well, we just said we wouldn't. So if it's already on the calendar, we put it on the bottom. Actually, how about making a stack and putting what you think is on the calendar? What about, what about a third yeah. stack? That would be already put on the calendar. I know. <laughs> We're struggling just a little because of the mixed bag. <laughs> well, you should get a prize. Have a lollipop. Have a Really? Thanks. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. 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 Special needs. So I mean, you said seven at this point? Cards of
How many in second pile? How many in second pile? How many in second pile? Eight? Eight, seven, seven. Eight, seven. I promise you will not be penalized. Remember, you all have to be left and right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I guess I'll take it out because I thought you did. It sounded important. You know? All right, I guess we'll take it out. All right. How y'all doing? Do it. Take a minute. 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 Take a so I heard I heard you say a few of you say that some of these things are already on the calendar. And so if you eventually we'll identify that. Um, I'm going to make like check marks here where your priorities are so we can see if any of them really rise to the top and we're also going to check staff's priorities. Okay? Um, but this is not written in stone. Part of it too is also because I think there is I don't want to say confusion. Uh, it's just uh, we need to be Sure that we're fully informed of what actually is on the calendar for the year, um, and and, the, and even if it's on there, understanding like uh, deadlines and assumptions on how you do it. Like you know, a lot of things in planning, um, Comcast, we say, oh, it's just it's an update to general plan. We go, oh, I don't have to do huge things, money and time and staff. So, um, and.
Property lease philosophies on the right-hand side, third down. Uh, the potential uh, catastrophic insurance, fourth down on the right. Money reserve policies. The GAD, which for me includes the hillside. Uh, Nexus study and infrastructure RFP. Right-hand side. It's already on, which is good. We know that this is hard. Okay, uh, joint EOC and MOU approval, approval, because we, never mind, no comments. That's Hillside right. ordinance. Hillside ordinance. Right. Why can't I remember what was in this? Okay. Oh, thank you. Uh, sewer consolidation. Okay. Money reserve policies. What? I mean, no, no better. Property lease philosophies. Um, wait, that's not... Um, employee parking, just parking. That was California, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Dorothy Gibson house, because that's just, yeah. Okay, great, thank you. Because the, just, I had the Nexus infrastructure one that's already on, and I had the odds and that's already on. So, the, yeah, okay, given great. that those are already on. Okay. Money reserve policies. Options for insurance carriers, catastrophic, yeah. Jihad. Please don't call it that. Gad. <laughs> Hillside ordinance. Property lease philosophies. Employee parking, Caledonia. Sewer consolidation. EOC MOU, joint EOC MOU. Yes. Uh, so I didn't put, where is it up there? I'll just put, so I put uh, money reserve policies, property lease philosophies. It's unanimous. Nexus study infrastructure RFP. Yeah. All right. Let me take that off because I didn't have any of my. I also took, well, I only mean, I also took the, the uh, bid off because that's already on. I mean, it wasn't in my list or, or presumably anyone else's. Yeah. And so did, okay. they're in the bottom right. The bid's already on the calendar. Uh, great. So the comprehensive citywide plan. Okay. 
was launch of employee parking, uh, Caledonia parking, hillside ordinance, and insurance carriers. So can I ask all the staff people to line up? So if you're going to read, George, you'll be at the mic. So uh, I'm going to do mine. And if you wanted departments to do theirs. I'm having color issues. Is that what, is that what I expected, Amy? That just me or you want the departments? I can all of them. Yeah. If they don't want to, if it matches, they don't have to. But if you have something else, I'd love you to bring it forward. Yeah, okay. It, it'll be quick. Uh, Nexus study and infrastructure RFP. Money reserve policy. Dorothy Gibson House implementation. Property lease philosophy. Hillside ordinance. Odds review. Hillside, Hillside ordinance. It's on halfway down. There you go. Yeah. It's already on the calendar. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And then odds review. Oh, you did that. Hillside ordinance, I mean. She did. She put a zero. Okay. Sewer consolidation. Abbott. Yes, sir. Abbott Chambers, <laughs> City Librarian and Director of Communications. Um, my eight um, catastrophic insurance carriers, joint EOC and MOU approval, odds review, sewer consolidation, it's Dorothy Gibson House, Business Improvement District, GAD. <laughs> Thank you. And money reserve policies. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, I am Kathy Nikitas. I'm the human resources manager. Money reserve policies, catastrophic insurance carriers, Dorothy Gibson House, floodplain ordinance, comprehensive citywide plan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. And the last one was joint EOC and MOU approval. I did six top because that's what I felt. Good morning, Brendan Phipps, Community and Economic Development Director. Uh, my top eight are perhaps selfishly skewed towards CDD. Um, <laughs> no way. No way. Okay, on my list, uh, odds review. Odds, odds review. review. Conversation and direction on the BID. Nexus study. Right. Nexus study and infrastructure. RFP. Dorothy Gibson House implementation. Money reserve policies. Options for potential catastrophic insurance carriers. Property lease philosophy, and sewer consolidation. Thank you. Okay, Kevin McGowan, Public Works. Is there a bingo? Uh, no. Okay, okay, okay. Money reserve policies. Sewer consolidation, MOU consolidation with the district. Odds review. Dorothy Gibson House. Joint EOC and MOU approval. And revision to floodplain ordinance, even though I don't know why this is here, we're not being required to do so, but it's the third it's here. On the bottom on the right. If it's here, the federal government tells us we have to do it anyway. So 
Um, em employee pay increase report. It's right there where your finger is. And lastly, I have the Geologic Hazard Abatement District, otherwise yep. known as GHOT. Yeah. Yeah. We do have to clarify that. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Chad Hess, Director of Finance, uh, Money Reserve Policy. Yep. Uh, property Lease Philosophy, uh, Nexus Study, Infrastructure RFP, Sewer Consolidation, Comprehensive Citywide Plan. Hillside Ordinance, Dorothy hold Gibson on, House. On. Okay, hold on. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And then employee parking. With Hillside Ordinance. Thank you. All right, Walford Solorzano, City Clerk. Uh, Brandon. Uh, odds review. Property lease philosophies. Comprehensive citywide plan. Money reserve policies. Yeah. Uh, Nexus study and infrastructure RFP. Uh, conversation and direction on uh, BID. Uh, launch a local employee parking program for Caledonia businesses and Dorothy House uh, implementation. We have a couple people on Zoom. I don't know if they're going to participate. The chief. They didn't, they didn't get the chief. The chief. Oh, oh, they didn't get the card. City attorney and the chief would be nice to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the council received from me in the last several months, you know, an update of comprehensive items that I think the city should undertake for the purposes of risk management and for procurement of substitute insurance. I would say the city attorney's office priorities are solely on that list. Um, additionally, I do think. Out of the items that are on your future agenda items, I think from the risk management perspective, the sewer consolidation item would be probably highest out of all of these. Yeah, we're nearly unanimous on that. You want me to go? Can you hear me? Absolutely hear you. Okay. Um, joint EOC, Hillside Ordinance, Dorothy Gibson House. Money reserve policies, employee parking, um, employee pay, increased report, and the odds review. It's right above employee parking. And odds review is on the right. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. We are done with this. Um, so the good news is it's pretty much there's a lot of alignment. Mm -hmm. And the bad news, I think, and I'm not your city manager, um, district city manager, um, something, so the things that, that have, can know, you go to the mic? Sorry. The mic, the mic. That's the mic. So that, it's also helpful. So <laughs> that people watching can hear. No, I appreciate that. I'm so embarrassed. You guys have to all send an email to our mayor. And tell him what I did because he'll be very embarrassed. Um, I'm I'm almost serious. So oh, your your mayor back in minute. Okay. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, hey, she kept forgetting to use her mic. It'll be it would be hilarious. Okay. So one of the things. So there's so much. Um, there's a lot of you know consensus on your money reserve policy, your property lease policy. I'm tired. Philosophies. Cat cat catastrophic insurance carrier, nexus study, sewer consolidation, Dorothy Gibson house, 
Um, there's still a lot of support for other things like the bid, the, the GAD. Um, Um, hillside ordinance, which sounds like it's a government mandate and Caledonia parking and bid. So that stuff is, not, again, none of this is going away. But, and, and a couple of them are on your future agenda. So that's great. Like odds, we can take that off. It's on there. But these are big items, right? So, and I, I, I know I'm not trying to be patronizing or matronizing actually, but you know, it's like, you understand, I think, but the money reserve policy, so you can ask staff to come back to you with some ideas on it, but it's going to, that's going to be a discussion amongst you. And I'm guessing that's going to be a long discussion. Maybe, maybe not. Property lease philosophies, that's going to be a long discussion. What I think is helpful for staff is what is the information you need in order to make the right decision? And maybe they give you all of that, but you all might need different uh, decision, you know, information. I have a council member every single time. I don't care what it is. He says, what are other cities doing in the area or about this issue? Uh, that's his voice. He's like my best friend, so I can do it. But I told Steph, why wouldn't you just include that every single time? And then he's not going to ask the question. So like for property lease philosophies, I bet you that there are other communities who have these right? Because there's, and so bring those forward and they may not meet your, they may not meet your visions, but I would say that when you're doing these things, these are big things that will take, because it's philosophy of it and it's a policy, it's a lot of discussion and it's a lot of research for staff, but even bigger, your nexus study and infrastructure RFP, right? Uh, perhaps getting the RFP outs, not, it's still a big lift. Am I right? It's, yeah, but and when that comes back, I mean, that's a big ticket item, but that is, you guys all mentioned infrastructure, right? And this is, this is your facilities assessment, I'm assuming, or infrastructure assessment. See, this is what, you know, I've done it. We have done this and it really helped us a lot, but it's really expensive and you may need a consultant to do it. Um, I, and I want to say, I, I'm not trying to tout my own horn, toot it, tout it myself, whatever, um, there are things that you need a consultant for because you're a small city and you don't have staff capacity. And for the public, I want you to understand when you hire a consultant, guess what? It's not a burdened, you're not paying them health insurance. You're not paying them long-term, you know, it's not a long-term staffer. Um, this is my, I've been doing this for 20 years. Don't fall into the trap that all consultants are bad. Some of us are, but not all of them. Okay, so sewer consolidation. Now that's really difficult, right? Because now that's negotiations with that district, correct? And there's and there's probably infrastructure that goes into that as well, right? So these are not a one. We're we're going to get all this done this year. Well, but sewer consolidation has been in process since 2020. I believe that. And so, uh, you know, a lot of that work has already been that's done. That's fantastic. And it was part of our strategic plan for 2020. So. Okay, Janelle. Defer to Janelle. Yeah. So the beauty of these things is that they are all interrelated, right? And so I would love to hear your thoughts and my council's uh, thoughts on next six months. We do one of these a night plus one other thing. I mean, we've been going to 11, we went to midnight almost the other night. Like we take plenty of time up and we're, we have pretty chock loaded 
What if we just said, like, these are the top six things. And the next six months, we're looking at them over and over again until we finish them. Um, is that a reasonable way to cut through these things that we actually have a lot of agreement on? Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor, I want to say I can interrupt because I'm going to leave. Yeah, thank you. You did it. Um, I think that's, I mean, I want to hear from your colleagues. And when I'm talking about a heavy lift, I'm also talking about staff work, but it's it's true. And and But also identifying, if we put this on the meeting, we probably shouldn't put on this other item that's also a lot of community involvement. So there'll be 30 you know, comments about this other project. That's and that's agenda management that you know you have people doing. Go ahead, Mr. Mayor. Sorry. That more or less articulates what I was just gonna say. First off, the list we just saw isn't comprehensive because there are a lot of things currently on the calendar. So some things may have to get pushed uh to accommodate these. And also we do definitely have a whole cycle with our CEO, with our city manager to ensure that things are ready to be put on the calendar. I think there is a I've noticed a Sometimes things go on the calendar before they're really ready for decisions. And it's just something Jill Willie advocates for is that they be ready to decide so that we don't keep hearing things over and over again. Like, let's be sure. The ask is, I think, from this list is this is, Chris said, I've got it too long a list. Let's pare it down. And we're helping pare it down. And then we're asking him to get them ready. And when they're ready, they should go on the agenda as soon as they can. Uh, sort of period. So... Let me talk a little bit about some next steps because you still, you know, you're going to have things that are going to come up day to day, meeting to meeting, right? You're going to have, I mean, there's a lot, it's hard to manage this, right? But I think your idea is with the city manager's um, expertise, here are the top six. And but I will, I will write this all up. And I will submit it to all of you, work with your city. I will help it so it's not just a bunch of my chicken scratches, right? Um, but I think it's okay to say we want to have these discussions at the council level. We may make direction. Now, staff may not start working on it until they finish this hillside policy, which is mandated by the federal government, which has to be done by June 30th. I'm making that up, right? So... I think working with the city manager on the calendar and we want to have some of these discussions. I, I think like your city manager, you don't, do you have to discuss the insurance thing or is that something your city manager is trying to make happen? There are huge financial implications. Oh. So it's a council decision. It, oh, I see. Right. So when they come forward and they say, right. So, okay. Got it. Got it. Thank you for that. Does that make sense that I agree, Janelle, like you don't want to lose this, this, right? You don't want to lose what you guys have discussed, but so it's one thing to have the discussion, but it's up to him and the staff and the timing. Cause you also have the budget coming. Go ahead, Mr. C. Manager. I can see. What, what, thanks. Um, so um, the way the agenda is constructed is a mixed bag. You know, staff brings things forward. Council puts things on a list. You have agenda setting committee, which then takes and works with city staff city attorney, uh, city clerk, and myself to put an agenda out. And so what's been done today is really hit three themes that are no different than they've been for the last two years. Our infrastructure, our finances. What's missing is personnel because the staff is now stable. Uh, labor contracts are in place. But what's come new is insurance. And so uh, in my mind, the exercise of watching people think uh, from the five council people and hearing the priorities, which frankly, mirror mine, um, 
you know that that's a good that's a good uh, push so that when the agenda setting committee does meet they will have the benefit of this kind of a conversation to say yeah you know we need to work on the hillside ordinance not put it out into you know the ether uh, we need to work on a reserve policy so for me just the six seven things that staff has put together but with the council's real thought process is helpful uh, to develop future agendas. Uh, so I'm really pleased and, and thank you, but I do want to point out that themes are the same. Infrastructure, finance. And uh, resiliency, yeah. yes, Janelle. Yeah. So my suggestion might be, um, and we've talked about limits of the Brown Act, my suggestion might be to make each of these a standing item at, that we rotate through. We could have a discussion around the Geologic Hazard Abatement District, the upcoming engineering report, and the Hillside Ordinance without a lengthy staff report. We all know something about those issues today. And what we're trying to develop is policy. And so it's going to take many, many conversations. But what is our philosophy around risk mitigation through a Hillside Ordinance? What is our philosophy around devoting uh, monies towards a geologic hazard assessment? Something that at least begins to vet the conversation, more like a study session for, for the council, say, yeah. right? So that, so that when we have a meeting, uh, council, has, council has more direction, staff has more direction, because um, this, I, I agree with the city manager that we're, we're hitting on finance and infrastructure, but, but this is the first time we're actually giving some specifics, right? And I want to keep us focused on resolving these things, and, and they're going to take a lot of lift. And, and I know we have housing issues, EIR stuff, we have a streets program we have to finalize, we have risk mitigation that we're going to have to evaluate. But I think if we keep coming back to these with some level of specificity, what it will do is will stop us from adding on other projects that we get excited about, which are fun and exciting and have other value and may make us happy. Um, but we'll <laughs> at least stay with, with yeah. these because we're saying today, we all agree these are really important. So I want to make sure we stay with that. We stay with that. Mr. Mayor, were you going to or, or Joan and then Mr. Mayor? Uh, something that the mayor and I had proposed early in the year is to schedule a couple of workshop meetings for the council. And uh, outside of our normal Tuesday evening schedule. And the purpose of those is to advance some of these more complicated, big picture overview thinking types of projects that are really difficult to distill within the confines of an already full evening agenda. That's great. And so I wanted to raise that concept again. Not every council member is enthusiastic about that um, prospect, but I think, you know, given that we really have a lot of alignment on some really big, you know, picture items like sewer consolidation right. and how do we negotiate that we get treated fairly as the other agencies who are members of this sewer agency are. Really tough. And, you know, as uh, you, what Janelle just mentioned about the GAD plus the, you know, the hillside ordinance, the floodplain ordinance, I see some really, some commonalities that we could um, pull together and do a couple of meetings, a couple of workshops where we could really get a lot done, give clear direction to staff to really streamline their efforts to advance mm -hmm. these projects. So that's, I wanted to raise the okay. prospect of that again. I'm, yeah. I'm writing that down, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, I'll oh, two seconds. I haven't spoken yet, so oh. I guess. I, I did oh, see- I haven't spoken yet on this section. Oh, go ahead, whatever. I, I'll get you, I promise, because I, I did see his hand, that's on me. Sorry, go ahead, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, I, I second that instinct of having some meetings for that purpose outside of our regular schedule. Uh, and um, 
also just cognizant that uh, the idea that we set a criteria that we hear things when they're actually decisions to be made is important. I feel like the workshop, a separate kind of meeting for uh, for brainstorming, pathfinding is helpful and we can't always make a decision. So we do continue matters from time to time, but I do feel like the clarifying exercise for staff is to have the expectation that staff will help us narrow the decision. So we're more clear about what we're deciding and that they're actual decision points to move things forward rather than right. uh, chit chat sessions or merely updates. I do think there's another argument though for having a citywide dashboard on major projects where you, we, any, anyone can check the status of things that can be updated by staff. What is the status of the consumer sewer consolidation? That sounds like another thing to add to a list and that's fine, but that's, a, that's a project. So Jill. So, um, yeah, I thought we were going to talk about the proposed workshops when, uh, at the next thing on the agenda, which is how it's agendized. Um, about future agenda items and uh, the sad, the proposed Saturday workshops, the three more Saturday workshops. So, you know, and today's a really good example about why you should be cautious about city regular, well, special city council meetings outside of the normal schedule. So we have three people, four, sorry, seven people here in the meeting today. We have four people online. This is wildly below what our normal attendance is at city council meetings. So I'm not against workshopping things. I'm not against at all um, saying on the agenda, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a discussion about whatever it is. But I feel like my experience is that when you devote four hours on a Saturday morning, you start at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, I value the time with my family highly. And I value the time of the staff members, time with their families very high. Chad flew in today for this meeting. Have, we haven't had a finance report from Chad. So why is Chad here? So that's a huge waste of time and energy for him to fly in for this meeting. So when you have an unfocused discussion, you know, does it merit anybody getting up on a Saturday morning and sacrificing that time? I mean, that's just my perspective, right? But that's also the perspective of my husband, <laughs> uh, quite clearly. Um, and so I think we can do that. We have. I think we have to be disciplined about doing city work during regularly scheduled meetings, so that people don't have to hunt for when we're doing substantive things. We also have to be very clear about what's on our agenda for that meeting, so people can prepare and they show up, and we know what our time management is for the meeting. So, like I said, I'm not against discussions. I think. I think today there has been some value. Has it been four and a half hours worth of value? I don't know, but I think this last hour and a half has been helpful for our, definitely for our city manager, as he said, I think for all of us too, yeah. and especially looking to see how we just naturally align on certain priorities. But that's why I'm principally against um, doing things that are outside our, our normal city council schedule. Cause I think that makes, that creates confusion amongst um, our, uh, our, our, you know, the citizens um, in Sausalito. Great. So, so um and thank you for being able to, I, I realize the agenda today has been a little bit uh, flexible, but I think that there were some, you know, interesting uh, concepts raised, like, let's do our why, let's do this. I think it's, I think it's, well, it doesn't matter if I think it's useful, but I think that you're right. In general, if you're having a workshop, let's say it's on sewer consolidation, you better have a, I mean, it's a normal, like, 
posted city council agenda with the staff report with everything attached. Now, another way to do it is to have like the off Tuesday. You guys meet on Tuesdays or Wednesdays? Okay, Tuesdays. Have so we're first and third. So tomorrow it or not Tuesday is a special workshop on our work plan. So we're having it on the off Tuesday. That might help because I agree Saturdays are rough. And um in I'm actually surprised you have this many people. It's amazing. Sausalito impresses the heck out of me. Go ahead, Janelle. And then I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just responding to hands. That's okay. Uh so I I tend to echo Councilmember Hoffman's sentiment around Saturday morning meetings. And also just a reminder that many of us also have full-time jobs and a workload in addition to our volunteer capacity. Well, mostly volunteer. We do get a stipend uh, on the council. And obviously if there's an urgency or a need to make a decision, we all show up and we support each other in that way. And we want to be as supportive as possible to meeting the goals. I mean, I would love to be as supportive as possible of supporting um, Mayor Sobieski's agenda this year, but being mindful of people's respect, their time with their family or staff's time with their family is really important. And I want to acknowledge that. And I also was thinking throughout the course of this conversation, because there are a lot of things on the future agenda items that matter to all of us that we might not get to. And good points were made as well um, around, you know, that's something you engage with community organizations around Sausalito Beautiful, or you might work with Sausalito Foundation. So I would maybe suggest that in our part of our meetings where we give committee reports, we might also include initiative reports so that we can share out and say, you know, this was on future agenda items. I want to let you know, this is what I've done without staff time or whatever. So folks are aware and you can still talk about what you're doing in your capacity as a council member in a somewhat formal way without having to formally agendize it. Okay. I, I like that a lot, the initiative reports. Um, I just want to make two, two comments. One is I'm just going to push us to stay uh, rigorous and uh, try to handle uh, city business during regular city meetings. Um, if we can't do that, then we're not being efficient in our meetings. And what happens is then we fill the meetings with things that aren't our top six. Um, so, you know, I, that would be my argument for, for trying to get everything done on the Tuesday nights where we're scheduled. Okay. Um, the second piece of it is I just want to acknowledge that we have staff here and uh, we have five or six items where there is a majority, almost a unanimous agreement that those are the items we should be working on. And if staff doesn't have time to work on them, then perhaps we need to be informed of what is staff working on. So there's a disconnect. We don't fully understand what staff is doing. And maybe staff would like to, you know, kind of sh shift some priorities. There's just a, yeah. something there. I hear, uh, go ahead, Joan, sorry. I just wanted to dovetail on what Janelle said. I am so grateful to have our staff here. And I think it's a really important team building opportunity for staff to see what our priorities are and how highly we value staff. And we don't often just have the opportunity to say that as we're addressing our individual agenda items on the dais. And so I, I realize it's an imposition to ask people to come in on a Saturday morning, but we typically do this once a year, our strategic planning session. And um, I'm grateful for the staff participation. And I know I, as an employee, I'm always grateful to see how my leaders perceive the world and what's important. Yeah. And it's an opportunity for uh, better collaboration and better understanding by them of why we're asking of them the things we're asking of them, but also the high regard and respect that we have for them to not try to overtax them. Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge and thank the staff, as well as the community, of course, for participating with us today. 
So what I hear, and I, you know, it's not for me to decide, yes, you have to meet on Saturday or off Tuesdays. You guys are going to figure that out. You're going to, but it's important that you all opined on that. I guess one of the reasons that, and I heard, you know, the subcommittee talking, because your meetings go so long, uh, is why maybe a separate, like more workshoppy thing. And I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not saying yes, no. But what you do need to consider, and again, I go back to governance, is your meeting shouldn't go to midnight. No good, nothing good happens after. I say 10. I used to say 11. I was younger then. And we actually have something on our council. Our council policy is if it's about to be 10 o'clock, we won't start a new item unless we all vote on it. And and it's real, it's enforced discipline, you know, and we wrap ourselves, we actually, you know, they will say, Amy, you talked already. There's something new. I mean, they'll say that and, I, and we're so close, right? And and then whatever. But so I want you to consider because you have, some of these things are going to be things that you're going to have to talk about, like philosophies and policies. I think that, you know, what I see across the state in all districts, staffs, whether they've been there for 30 years or just new, COVID, there's, everyone's still digging out of COVID, frankly, and, and this backlog, right? And what I, what I see, though, I don't see anyone making an excuse I, I don't see that, but I do think that there probably needs to be more uh, communication on a regular basis. Here's what staff is working on. Here's the capacity. These projects that are proposed are easy, medium, hard, or, or whatever the thing is. And so I have internal recommendations too that I think could help. Um, and I think you, I think you guys can handle it. Um, I want to know. We're going to go to public comment really soon. Because, oh, yeah, we're going to go to public comment really soon. Yes, sir? Well, I was just going to articulate that, and again, we haven't resolved the question, but if we constrain ourselves to end by 10 and only keep the regular schedule and have unlimited speaking time as members of the council and unlimited Q&A time, that something's got to give in that formulation. And uh, I'm just cognizant of it. Yeah. And, yes. and so that's something we have to wrestle with, and it's... Uh, you know, our first year, I know we can adapt by to the needs, but something's got to give in that formulation. And if we have a, we, we, that may, means we might be leaving money on the table. Something, if we literally run out of time and don't have five minutes to spend on something, could that could have a it. big, and, but it keeps piling up because we have so many things and so many priorities and a limited no, amount of time. Now, I'm a, I'm a proponent of the idea that work fills the time allotted. So I generally, like to keep things tight, but I'm also cognizant of that tension. I just wanted to articulate that. I haven't watched your meetings yet. Um, I'd say it's a meeting management issue, though, too. And I think that that's an internal control that you guys can work on. Um, have you guys watched your meetings? Do you guys ever go back and watch your meetings? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I do. I want to go, I, but I want you to understand that I am going to be providing summaries and a, a, a report to all of you. Um, of what, what's been said, what you decided upon. From where I stand, I see there's what's exciting is the consensus because I heard from one of you in our one-on-one -on -one talks, hey, we really need this money reserve policy. But I heard from all of you, all of you that we need that. So that's really great. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love five minutes at the end to just with some housekeeping, but do you want to go to public comment right now? Oh, yes, but oh, go ahead. City manager. If I can, I want to say uh, my last words for the evening and thank everybody for being here, public, staff, and council. Um, 
uh, we didn't get to the financial discussion, uh, but that's important. Uh, and that financial information is online for the public to view. Uh, it's a work in progress. People need to understand finances have a lot of variables. And our budgets and the working group of Mayor Sobieski, uh, Councilmember Hoffman, and former Mayor Withy working with Chad's, it's a work in progress. But what we've got so far is online for the public to view. Uh, the second thing, I really want to thank you for your 90-10 slide, uh, Amy. I mean, for the public to understand everything that. you see in a council meeting is everything that's going on at City Hall. So thank you for that, and thank you for your time. You're so welcome. So, and, all right, I'm going to move some of my stuff here, but go for it. So we'll do public comment, and we are adjourning in honor of uh, something I want to commemorate. So uh, let's have a formal adjournment, but we're opening the floor for public comment. Okay, um, so any members of the public that would like to comment right now? Um, okay, great. Okay, go go for it. You got two minutes. I actually have some questions uh, besides my comment. But uh, it's interesting that in the last five minutes, the topic that I wanted to talk about was brought up, and that's communication. And communication is so important, and I see where there are gaps. And I, one of the biggest gaps is with the public. Now, I live across the street in HUD housing. At one time, I'm 83 years old, I, I still am, but at one time I was the youngest person in that complex, okay? A lot of people don't have computers, they don't have smartphones, they can't be on Zoom presentations. They don't get any information at all about what was in the meeting, what's going to be discussed, or you have very few people here Saturday. I just found out about it last night at the library presentation. So I'm encouraging you to look into what can be done to reach out to all of the community, all of the community, not just those that have computers and smartphones not those that have mobility or cars. The other problem I can see is here with parking. I, I don't know, I didn't realize, does your group do the parking decisions in this city? So whoever implemented this last thing on all these streets, parallel streets of two hour parking, and then you have to have a permit at night or you get a, like a $60 ticket, a lot of the people have helpers that come at night to help them. Or the library puts on a program, 80 people showed up. Did they get tickets because they parked there or are there special arrangements? So I'm saying there are things that have not been thought out about the entire community. So can I say a couple more things? Sorry, the time limit is. Does anyone, anyone else want to speak? It's just being fair to everybody who spoke before and after. So there are other speakers. Thank you very much. But I wanted to hear the answers to my questions. Yeah, I'm sorry. The protocol is it's just public comment. It's not a Q&A opportunity, but I'm sure that uh, I'm available you, and I'm happy to meet with you directly. Okay. And I would love, so please stay after and I'll, I'll start with problems. you and, I, and, and yeah. you can approach any of us. We're all equally willing to engage with you, madam. Thank you very much. Ma'am, though, could she uh, state her name? What is your name for the record? Sunshine. Okay, I have no more speaker slips, but if you want to come up and speak, go, yeah. Um, go ahead and step forward. 
I'm Linda Foch, and I'm exhausted just thinking about what your year is going to be like. Um, I'm really impressed. I have new respect for all of you. Um, I have a couple of really small issues and certainly don't want to overburden staff with them. So I'm thinking that you should reach out to your identified resource list, which was the community. And I think that the community can step up and do some of these things. And <clears throat> excuse me, the first one is technology. Um, we don't have internet downtown. I think we have technology experts in our community, people that live here. And I think if you reach out and say, can you volunteer to be on this committee? I think that you know maybe they can solve these problems. Um, the other one is public water access. And you know, we have Yichachi Park, we have our fallen down dock pier, whatever you want to call it. Um, again, I think you should reach out to the community. Maybe um, Melissa will swim in the bay for us again and raise some money. And he has some very wealthy people in the community that I think would step up and really help put some of these things together and maybe volunteer laptops for the previous lady. Uh, Vicki Nichols, again, 117 Caledonia. Thank you for this session today. It's been good, especially the latter part, I think. And it, it gave us transparency of seeing how our individual council people prioritize what their wishes are, which we don't usually get to see. So that was great. Uh, two things. One of all, I, I think it's important. We had a lot of discussion about the sea lion. That is sponsored by the Sausalito Foundation. I don't think the city's clear about who owns what in the city. Does the city own the sea lion or the foundation? The same thing with the anchor at the walkway by Spinnaker. That's, there's going to be a project there. The same thing with these other organizations that say they're going to do this or that on infrastructure. That needs to be cleared up, hopefully. Um, but I want to bring you back to your strategic plan as I went through it. And I want to remind you of ways that you can be advancing your strategic plan. Number one under vision on page five, the plan cultivates its natural beauty, history, and arts and waterfront culture. It's right in there, so I'm going to hammer that one. On page, the second one under your goals, page eight, number three, a the under a strategy, protect historic resources. So I'm going to keep coming back as the commission because I think um, it's now more clear than ever that these are... Uh, legal options we have to protect these resources and we had better get on it. Thanks very much. Go right up ahead. So I'm Sharna Brockett and um, I just wanna thank all of you. I can't even imagine how much time you put in or I've seen it, you know, I've just started looking and showing up and um, I have just so much respect for you and the staff. And I just wanted to highlight that. Um, the 90-10% rule and discussion was really helpful because there's so much going into just keeping the lights on and keeping us safe. And I just want to let you know I appreciate that. Um, and and all you know all the work that you've done, you know, not just la this last year, but it's the last 10, 15 years. And we're starting to see the results of that. So I just want to acknowledge that. And I also want to say, like, you know, my earlier statement, I was saying, like, it's not that hard, get it done. You know, I know that's annoying <laughs> if you've been in the trenches. And I just want to say that I need, I meant no disrespect. I'm just like, this was a great conversation. Like, how do we just get things done and simplify the process? So that was really eye-opening to me. So I just wanted to say, I meant no disrespect. And I really honor 
everything you're doing. And I get it as somebody who likes to get stuff done, it can get complicated and the whole stories and everything. So I just wanted to say that. Um, and then I'm with South Salida Beautiful. I'm not I'm the president, so I can't, you know, but we, we want some of the same things. So I think there's this group of really engaged people, volunteers. So yeah, let us, let's get aligned and let's see what, where our passion and what you need to get done align. And let's, we're here to help. So thank you. All right. Anybody more, anybody else in the house? All right. So we'll go to Zoom. We have a uh, Sybil Boutillier. Uh, oops. Uh, trying to start my video. Uh, it's not. Start, here we go. So, oh, you can't see me anyway. Um, I just want to thank everybody for being here, giving up your Saturday morning. Um, and um, I think this was very illuminating for uh, those of us in, in the audience. And I listened to every word and thought it was very interesting. Um, I was surprised that the uh, corporation yard was not on uh, the list. Uh, I know it's been prioritized. We've had uh, promises of money from the state and also from Marine Community Foundation to move forward the housing. If we can, you know, find a way to. Uh, I know folks have been working on it, but I would love to. Uh, see that kept up in the um you know uh priorities of uh because uh, speed could be important here um in terms of the funding that may be available um and that has been suggested they would be available so um i just wanted to mention that housing is so important for us to you know keep in um in the forefront of our thinking, we have a, a big lift there. So I, uh, that's just one of many things that you mentioned that, is, that wasn't mentioned, but so many things you did mention that are important. I wanna thank you all again for the time you put into this and for working with the community. There's a lot we're willing to do to help you. And uh, I hope you take advantage of that to the full extent. Thank you. Okay, no further public comment. We're absolutely done with the first part of the process. Um, I, um, let's see. Oh, God. Oh, I really am going to give you my mayor's. <laughs> I'm going to give you, he'll love this. Um, again, I, really, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's really hard. It's really hard and it's going to be really useful. And I'm sorry, Chad, I didn't know you flew in. I would have like, uh, you know, arms are hurt. Um, but uh, it's the beginning of a process. I'm, you know, always going to be available for you. Um, that's kind of what I offer up. Like, you know, I'll be available by phone, by Zoom. I'll be talking to your city manager. Um, this is a very self, uh, self-serving comment. I will be sending around a, a quick survey and, you know, I would really appreciate you taking five minutes to comment and it doesn't have to be positive, whatever it is that you feel, but it really helps me do this better. And I just, I care so much about local government. A couple of you said it. I really care about all of you in local government. It's a really hard job and it's entirely crucial. So I just want to really help the most people I can. So thank you. Thank you, staff. And thank you, community, for your time. You're a very special community. Thank you very much, Amy. Manhattan Beach is lucky to have you. Uh, thanks for your time today. Uh, we would like to adjourn the meeting, but first I hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl today around our oh, local rest. Oh, no, the Super Bowl. 
the Super Bowl, S-O-U-P-E-R, put on by our uh, Parks and Rec with the cooperation of our local restaurants. Hardest to get tickets around, even harder than the Super Bowl. I've been having people email, email me all week trying to get tickets to our Super Bowl, and they can't. So enjoy the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl tomorrow, we don't have unanimity. Apparently, we have a Chiefs fan, which I'm not sure that's allowed. There's that uh, go, <laughs> go 49ers. And, uh, and then I would like to adjourn today's meeting in a commemoration of an important uh, cultural event uh, for many people around the world. The Lunar New Year celebration 2024 is the year of the dragon. Right Enjoy on. the rest of your weekend and take good care. Thank You're you. Adjourned. Recording stopped.